Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Lauren and RJ, the Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in. Guys, along for the ride on a Friday, a beautiful Friday out there. Our Friday is always brought to you by Big Chief Tire Company. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carly, and Lauren Brooks. And RJ Saunders with you on this Friday installment uh, of our program. You know, I was in a good mood. It's a beautiful day out there. But Lauren, you gave us a little bit of sad news that we didn't see right before we came on the air. I'm really sorry to break this to both of y'all yeah. and to anyone else that I'm breaking the yeah. news to, but Carl Weathers passed away today at the age of 76, and obviously Apollo Creed, but also yeah. starred in The Predator, Happy Gilmore, yeah. The Mandalorian, uh, and so yeah, really sad news. We lost Apollo Creed today. I'm shaken. I mean, I mean that, that really I, I, yeah, it, I am too. like I, honestly like in terms of celebrity yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah, this one is like. Really hurts. That's. Yeah. I mean, he's such a part of my childhood. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no, I get it. I, I, I agree. I, I hear you. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, Apollo Creed. Just and, uh, unbelievable. Lauren made a point in the break. Younger people will know Happy Gilmore mm-hmm. more. I mean, Rocky came out in 1976. You know, right. I, I mean, and yeah. but he was in the first four. Yeah, he. That's right. Yeah. He, he was in all the. That, he was in the first four Rockies. Correct. People. Are, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, he's right. not in five. Right. Right. And, and by the way, if you don't know that by yeah. now, too bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so people are gonna go back and yeah. you know watch Rocky forever. Yeah. But yes, yeah, certainly Happy Gilmore, I think, would reach oh, anyone yeah. under thirty. I, but I will tell you, I thought. Apollo Creed, and I've said this before, Apollo Creed as the Muhammad Ali type character was the most realistic actor, play athlete I ever saw. He was, you agree with that? Yeah. He was more, I mean, more than, I mean, Costner, Redford both looked like they could have really played baseball. Costner obviously looked like he could have played golf and Tin Cup. You know, there, there were guys that looked apart, the, the actors who, and then there's ones that, there's Tim, Tim Robbins, who I don't think he could even get it to the plate. You know, so there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot that didn't. But I thought Apollo. I thought I thought Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed. Now look, he had been an NFL football player. He right. He played with the Raiders for a little while, and I don't know if he had ever been a boxer. But but I thought him as a is the is the the talkative boxer guy was as realistic as any actor playing an athlete I ever ever saw. I agree. I mean, he was a a brilliant actor. The dialogue for Apollo Creed is consistently fantastic throughout. Uh, he's very savvy. He's very into marketing and his brand before that was really a thing. Although boxing was sort of the first sport to sort of embrace that's, that with that's its correct. athletes. That's correct. But, uh, but he's such a sophisticated character and a nuanced. He's not really even, even in the first Rocky, he's not really a villain. Uh, and you're pulling obviously for Rocky. He's the protagonist of the movie. But I... Uh, Villains in later Rocky movies would become very black and white in terms of this is obviously a villain. Uh, Apollo Creed really wasn't that. And, uh, and obviously, in, in Rocky has, has sort of a, a tremendous redemption in the right word, but he becomes obviously uh, a, a tremendous um, 
ally to Rocky. And uh, but Carl Weathers, I mean, he's fantastic in Predator. In Predator, he does play a bad guy. Right. And uh, and when I say that, he plays. Uh, he's not. He's on the. He's on Arnold's team, but he's not. He he kind of gets them there by lying to them, if that makes sense. And uh, uh, but he does a great job in that role, and uh, and he's fantastic in The Mandalorian. Uh, so I mean, just uh, you know, for being an athlete first, and I'm assuming getting into acting, you know, later in his life compared to most people uh, that probably start doing it when they're in elementary school, right. and certainly when they're in high school. Fantastic actor. There's and uh, just uh, and was brilliant and co- and had great comedic chops. Yeah. Is really funny in Happy Gilmore. Really funny, really funny. And I and I didn't see The Mandalorian, and, and I didn't or Predator. I didn't see, but I but I will tell you, um, Rocky the Rocky franchise without Carl Weathers is a shadow of what it became. Oh yeah. I mean I I will listen. It was there will never be a movie better cast. Burt Young was perfect. Burgess Meredith was perfect. Talia Shire was perfect. Not good. They were perfect. They were the perfect, and obviously Stallone. But, but there would never. I'm telling you, there would never. The Rocky franchise would never have become what it. Never. I don't think Stallone becomes what he became without what Carl. The way Carl Weathers acted in Rocky. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. So I'm reading he involved, was involved in boxing, football, gymnastics, judo, soccer, and wrestling all in high school. Okay, so he did box. Yeah. He did box before. Because I'm telling That's you. That's a lot. <laughs> but, but, I mean, but, I mean, one of the things that made Rocky so good is they looked like boxers. I mean, I mean Rocky and Rocky. And, it was very and believable. It, it, yeah. yeah. Now, what wasn't believable is nobody can get hit as much as they got hit in those fights and still, still make it 11 or 12 rounds, whatever it was. But that's okay. That that was the suspension of whatever you call it. Yeah, disbelief. I disbelief. saw today a boxer passed away from a fight uh, injury sustained in a wow. fight recently. It, Carl Weathers' family did say that he died peacefully in his sleep, so that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm glad yeah. that he didn't suffer. All right, so so Carl Weathers. And what'd you say, Lawrence? Seventy six. Mm-hmm. Carl Weathers dead at the age of seventy six. I mean, yeah, I'm like, hey, that makes me sad. I'm, I'm literally like, yeah, yeah, rattled. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I, Which is, I mean, I've never met him, but yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, he's been in so many and, movies and, that and, I love. And for what and for what it's worth. Um, Lauren and I kind of saw that when, when she told you, when yeah. she told us. I mean, I was a little bit too, but you really wouldn't. So that that's not that's not put on. That that's real. So, um, but Carl Weathers uh, dead at the age of seventy six. Uh, known, I think, best for Apollo Creed, but so many good roles. A lot to do today on the program. I'm going to talk about the. I don't like. I don't like what we're doing with the Pro Bowl. I don't. I'm trying. I don't. I don't like that. There's I, a Pro Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> correct. Um, I, I got a thought about that. Gator basketball is going to make the program today. Baseball right around the corner. We had a. We had a clinic today. Lauren is out, as she always is, at uh, at the clinic we had at the uh, at the the new baseball facility that the city and Walk Off Charities have partnered on. And God, it was awesome. The field looks great. The, from the it, pictures. It's a beautiful facility. It really is. We're very blessed. And again, uh, we're honored that the city allowed us to partner with them. Uh, uh, the city of Jacksonville did the heavy lifting. I can assure you that. But we're a small part of it. And we're very excited about that. So that's a, that's a big deal. It's the brightest green turf I've ever seen. It really is. It is. There's it's, there's turf. There's regular turf. That's a lot darker green. But this is the brightest green. It really does lend yeah. itself to photographs. Uh, the uh, the Jags are asking FanDuel for the. Is that a true story? Uh, amazingly, it is a true story. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so, so we'll, uh, for twenty million dollars. Yeah. So they uh, again, you know the story by now. If you have you you follow the story, a Jaguar employee, uh, Amit Patel, a mid-level finance manager, has pled guilty. You know by now to stealing twenty-two million through virtual credit card systems uh, with the Jags. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But at least sources are reporting now that the Jags have 
have, have, have reached out to FanDuel. So uh, and we'll see where that story goes. It's an interesting story. Big story today, by the way, another big story. You now know where college athletics is going. You now know. Yeah. We, we kind of knew anyway. I think we've even suggested that, you know, just let them get together and do their thing. But could they be any more – could the Big Ten and SEC be any more blatant about it? Here's what they what – here's what I took out of it. We're going to talk about it later on the program. Here's what I took out of it. Listen, we're done with you, okay? We're quadrillionaires. You're not. We've tried to play nice. We've got Ohio State and Alabama, and the rest of you kind of don't. The little bit you did have, we went and took. You know, we, you, you didn't have much. Uh, but you had Texas and Oklahoma, so we took it. You had USC and UCLA, we took it. You had Washington. You know, we, we, you didn't have much. But let, we don't like you anyway. We, we're, we're above you. We're better than you. Um, we are, we are richer than, we're richer and better than you. And so we don't really want to play with you anymore. You don't have much. But what we are going to do is come take what you do have. And then that was my take. Yeah, that's this, what I think today's conversation. Is. Correct. I mean, the 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 announcement is that the Big Ten and SEC are forming a joint advisory group of university presidents, chancellors, and ads to quote address the significant challenges facing college athletics. Let me translate that for you, like to Frank's point. The SEC and Big Ten are getting ready to merge and break away from everybody, and they're gonna they're gonna have a billion dollar deal, and they're gonna split it for now between 34 universities and that's going to be it and i i think this is really bad news for florida state it's really bad news for any program that i think it's bad news for notre dame because i'm not entirely convinced that the sec and big 10 are going to look at it and say we've got to have these schools to move forward i think they'll look at it and say we're going to break away we've got 34 schools and to your point frank we've got a lot of great schools I think the nation is going to accept in the next five or ten years that our league is the legitimate national champion. And maybe they leave open a couple of spots for other universities that are playing, but my guess is they don't get a percentage. They'll get, like, an appearance fee, and that's it. And so I think it's I think this is getting ready to be what we've talked about for a long time. It's going to be uh, – the, the, there's going to be the NFL – there's going to be the Super 2 of Big Ten and SEC, and then there'll be the rest of college football. And why, Lauren, I think, criticize them all you want, FSU knows what it's doing. FSU's freaking smart. They can. I don't care if I piss off Wake Forest. I don't care if Duke's mad at me. I could care less. I could care less if Jim Phillips wants to counter sewers. I don't care. I FSU sees where this is going. And so they're saying, listen, I just said it. Big Ten and SEC, we're better than you. We're, we, we don't, we, we're, we're better. We don't need you. You're, we're annoyed with you. Leave. Leave because I don't need you in my party. I want all the celebrities in my party. You're not one. The rest of you, we'll take the ones we want. We'll take Texas and Oklahoma, USC and UCLA. I'll take Washington. And then the rest of you go away. Well, FSU has seen that. And FSU, and I do think, I, and we'll talk more about this later, I do think there's a handful of schools that could get to the party. I think FSU is one of them. But there's not, to your point, there's not many. There's not, most of the ones are not coming. You're, most of you are not invited, and I think that's what today's uh, what we're learning today about this 
SEC Big Ten partnership is what it tells me. See, I must be super naive because I thought they were forming the advisory group to deal with things like the transfer portal and NIL and to try and well, figure sure, out that's the surface, what's best right? going forward. So I didn't read it as, okay, eventually it's going to be the power two and everybody else, you're out of luck. Well, I think that's – Lauren, I think because because you're, you're, you're taking them at their word – and that's Which is why I'm naive. Yeah, we, no, but I mean, I, I but I hear you. I, I think they're 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 trying they're trying to make make it better for everybody. But no, they're not. No, they're not. They're trying to make it. They're they're trying to gain control. Gain I thought the, they were saying NCAA, you're doing a horrendous job. Well, so our smart people, we're going to get together and we're going to do it better. Well, they are. <laughs> that, that is what they think. But to Hayes's point, for about 40 teams, right? Not for. Right, not for, for 130 group. teams. For right now, it's for 34 teams. Yeah, for, and for right now, 18 for, in the Big Ten, right, exactly, and that's yeah. exactly 16 right. in the SEC. So, so we'll, we'll talk you more got 34 that. clubs. That's uh, that's more than what the NFL has. Uh, and uh, I think you just go play ball. We'll take a break. When we come back, let's talk about the Pro Bowl. What I think they should do uh, moving forward. Uh, this is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. See that look in their eyes, Rock? And we fought, Rock. I trained hard, but I didn't have that look in my eyes. You had it, you won. Got to get that look back, Rock. I had the tiger, man. Now back to a Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire. Visit BigChiefService.com. Very nice, RJ. Mm-hmm. All the way across the board. Well done. If you know the line, if you if you like Hayes and me, and you've probably watched every Rocky movie seven hundred times, you know about every line of oh, every yeah. one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, that I was still a, think he let Rocky win on the beach. <laughs> that was uh, he was a good trainer. Yes, he was. That was Apollo uh, <laughs> coaching up Rocky. Um, Carl Weathers dead at the age of 76, and you know the music as well. Nice, nice, nice job. Did you want to be Rocky when that movie came out? Well, that was the age I was when I thought boxing was so cool. Right. You know, so it lines cool. up. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I thought I was so in love with what boxing was and everything about boxing. And yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, sorta. Yes. Okay. Good, good question. Yeah, sorta. Rocky Three has one of the most satisfying endings in movie history, and people never talk about. The, the, the final scene. So obviously Mr. T plays the villain, Clubber Lang. Lang. And Rocky Three is where Apollo goes from being kind of a nemesis of Rocky's to his greatest ally. Yeah. And he trains him for the fight. Clubber Lang kind of insults Creed in their in Rocky's first match with him early in the movie where Lang wins the title. I'm going to spoil this whole thing for you if you haven't seen <laughs> it. So, again, but, again. But it, the movie's been if out If you haven't seen years. it by now, yeah. that's too bad. So, uh, so the final scene of Rocky Three isn't him beating Clubber Lane to get the title back, as great as that is, because Mr. T does a fantastic job playing the villain. The final scene of the movie is Apollo and Rocky go into their old gym, and they just have an exhibition. And the banter they have back and forth, because Rocky won by a millisecond in the rematch with Creed and Rocky II. So the conversation they have is so special. And then they they're dancing, they're you know they're getting ready, and then finally the they come together. Scene, the last split yeah. second, and and they freeze it, and it becomes this painting. Yeah. If that painting is available, I would spend four million dollars to have it. <laughs> yeah. 
but it is the greatest scene to a movie in my in you action know, movie. Lauren, you know the scene? No. They ne- and no one ever talks about well, they that. Bo- they both they're both throwing a punch. Okay, no one's blocking. They're both throwing a punch, and it freezes. Yeah, that's it's, it's a fantastic scene. Right. But they're both they're both they're both about to throw a punch at the other's jaw. Again, no one's blocking. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it stops. Yeah. It's a so you don't know who won that. No, no. That, that's that the whole fight. point. Okay. Yeah. Is nobody connects, and it ends. Right. It was fantastic. They reveal later in in like Rocky Seven Hundred <laughs> that <laughs> Apollo knocked him out that day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. But um, but it, you don't know at the end of Rocky Three exactly what happened. But okay. it's just so cool how they freeze it. It becomes this really cool painting. I mean, it's an '80s movie, so mm-hmm. it's like real bright colors and. Uh, and then like the credits rug. roll. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's fantastic. It's so well done. It, it, it really is. How many people are going to watch Rocky this weekend? Well, I, me. Well, yeah, I was going to say, two. I mean, <laughs> two. you're getting ready to yeah, yeah. see a, a marathon yeah, in my yeah, house. Yeah, I, I'm the same, same. I, I will, I will, I'll watch, I, I will watch Rocky, the, the original. Even Rocky 2, some people think Rocky 2 is the I best think Rocky 2 is better. A lot of people think Rocky 2 is the best of the franchise. I, I agree. But if you've only seen Rocky, you should see Rocky 2. Oh, you no gotta see Rocky doubt 2. about You got to okay. see Rocky yeah, 2. A lot of people think it's the best of the Rocky franchise. Rocky 2 is still very much rooted in realism. Okay. And then Rocky 3 becomes a little bit more, uh, comic book in the right word, but it becomes a little bit more of a over-the-top action movie. And then Rocky 4, obviously, is, uh, yeah. is that way, too. Yeah. But Rocky and Rocky 2 are very centered in... Reality. I mean, Rocky won Best Picture. I mean, it it was cons- it's a right. it's a remarkable film. And Rocky Two to me is its twin. Yeah, Rocky Rocky, Rock, to me, Rocky the, the original Rocky paints the story of the culture, mm-hmm. the streets of Philadelphia, uh, the 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 people with whom he. I mean, he was a leg breaker. I mean, for for mm-hmm. I mean, so and it, so it, character it, development. Yeah, it, yeah. it yeah. really is fantastic. Um, um, but with Leroy Neiman, uh, our buddy gets Mark John just uh, checking in. Leroy Neiman. Wrote the painted the picture. Oh, that you're it's, talking about. Yeah, it's so. unbelievable. Yeah, so it, it really well, is. Thank you. Someone, I've got to find sell it. it four yeah. million dollars. Four million. Uh, yeah, was offered up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, it's, so it's great. Hey, um, uh, we've got our friend Matt Pollock coming in from JY in just a little bit. Here's what the NFL, the the Pro Bowl stuff isn't working. There's there's very few honors in sports better than making the Pro Bowl because football is what we watch, and I think it's awesome. And I hope I hope making the Pro Bowl. Will never lose its its um, thrill and luster. Yeah, but we've tried it. We tried a real game, and for the longest time they played a real game. I mean, they tackled hard, they played hard, they tried to win. Too many injuries, too much risk, too much money involved. You can't do that anymore. So then they tried the worst idea, which was the flag football, which was in uniform and nobody tackled, and it was sixty eight sixty whatever. And that was not a bad idea, not a good idea. So now they have the Pro Bowl games. I mean, we got to stop. What the Pro Bowl should be, name the making the Pro Bowl should almost have the same honor as not the Hall of Fame, but but a major major honor, and it should be the major guys, period. Probably not the alternates. Probably should be the guys that make it. And you wouldn't need alternates if you didn't have a game. The only reason you need alternates is because well, there's a Super Bowl and which is now after it didn't used to be. What the Pro Bowl should, what the NFL should do is announce who made the Pro Bowl, honor them, and when it's all over, and you could make a TV spectacle of this too, make it an award show just for the Pro Bowl. Not not the, the NFL awards or the night before the Super Bowl. Make a Pro Bowl honor show and, and have an entertainer there. Don't make it three or four hours. 
make it a one-hour Pro Bowl show, and everybody and put it in Hawaii because what they all did like to do is they all got the trip to Hawaii. So that's what everybody did. So go back to Hawaii because it's still the it's still the trip. I'll, sorry, Orlando, or Hawaii's a better trip. Do it, do it after the Super Bowl where everybody gets to go, make it an award show. Um, everybody goes. You take your family. You make it a one-hour Pro Bowl award show, and that is the Pro Bowl. And it would do good ratings. I know the Pro Bowl games do ratings with everything NFL live, but we have to quit trying now. The Pro Bowl games are just silly. The NFL, which does so much right and doesn't get much wrong, we have to stop. We have to stop the whole Pro Bowl game. We've gotten now, and they're trying. We've gotten silly. It is silly, and I th- I do think it hurts the sport, and uh, and so I'd be all in favor of the elimination of it. I'd like to see the Pro Bowl maybe take on a charitable component, where maybe the league sure. uh, pays for each Pro Bowler to have a football camp in whatever city they choose to, whether that's their hometown, where they went to college, their NFL city, I uh, you know something like that, where. I, it becomes more of a of a charitable honor, and then the players get to you know give something back through doing a, a football camp, something like that. Have a big party for them, you know. Instead, of, you know, have them all get together, throw them a, a big bash wherever you want to throw it. I uh, and you could you know again that could become a TV event, not so much where I you know the camera is is popping in on private conversations, but just over the course of the evening, have players pop in and talk to. Uh, you know, whichever reporter you want to assign to it for, you know, two, three minutes at a clip and uh, and, and make it sort of, a, a, you know, a, a TV spectacle that way. I think that would get ratings. So they've but they've got to get away from this. I mean, I'm watching Ross Matizic long snap into a, a hole or something. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's they're playing dodgeball, for God's sakes. I mean, it's just it's it's ridiculous. And uh, and the players should have a say in it, too. I mean, they may want. The, they may like the fact that they get to, you know, have that camaraderie, and so yeah, have a party, so whatever, whatever they would like, have that, uh, and and have it in New York or you know wherever Orlando, wherever you want to have it, uh, but uh, but they've they've got to get away from this because it it just it honestly it makes your best players I think look comical. Well, and and the fact that they have it before the Super Bowl and you can't have certain players be a part of it, and then you have to go to the alternates. To your point, Frank, like, I don't like that either. I think that's silly. I think they could do something different than what they're doing now, but condense it to a very brief period of time, like to your point, an hour. But I think it could be athletic. Like, make them all play, pick a sport, against basketball. Like, the, all football players play basketball against each other. We watch that for 30 minutes, and we move on. See, for me, that would be silly, too. Okay. Uh, but, I, but, I, but you're trying like they're trying. I get it. But they're trying, and you're trying. They're these supreme athletes. You want yeah. to see them compete yeah. in some form yeah. or fashion. Yeah, for me, uh, for me, name them. Make it a really big deal, almost like it's a big deal when you get named to the hall. Not as big a deal, obviously, but but make it a big deal. Make it a big announcement. Put them all on Sports Center. Interview them all. Let let it lead all these NFL Network broadcasts, whatever. Then go play the then then play the Super Bowl, and then have the celebration. Hayes made a good point about maybe there's a charitable component. Um, which are typically is with something like this, but just have a have an award ceremony, have a dinner, have some celebrity host it, uh, have an entertainment, make it an hour, make it Sunday night, make it the Sunday night the week after Sunday night the week after the Super Bowl, and whoever had the Super Bowl, Fox, CBS, whoever, dict- donate. I say donates, um, commits eight to ten, eight to nine on the following Sunday. Because look, the one thing the Pro Bowl at least used to do is you're bummed out when the Super Bowl's over 
because now football's over until free agency. At least it gave you another week, even though it was something terrible. So let's do it the week after again. Let's go back to the week after. Everyone's going to watch it because it's NFL, right? Because when Patrick Mahomes goes up there to, to accept his Pro Bowl trophy or whatever, people are going to watch it. Do it in Hawaii so the, so the, so the players are going to want to be involved and no more, no more athletic competition. It just does, doesn't make sense. So uh, it's a little bit silly to me. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, Matt Paulus stops by. Our JOI update is next. Uh, Matt actually had a little bit of a, a, a surgery. So uh, he, he was the patient, not just the, uh, the doctor or not just the, uh, the, uh, the counselor in this one. Uh, we'll ask him all about that after this. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. of Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Family owned since 1961, it's Big Chief Tire. Always a Big Chief Tire Friday around here. Matt Paulus joins us from JY. Matt, how are you? Good, how you guys been? We have been fine, thanks. So tell us how you've been. Oh, I had a back surgery, so it was uh, quite the ordeal. I'm still kind of getting over it, but um, I went back to work a couple weeks ago, so I'm getting back in the swing of things and treating patients again and doing all that fun yeah. stuff. So. I, 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 want to, I want you to tell me about the details, but here's my advice to you. Do the rehab, okay? <laughs> yeah. okay. I've, I've been wanting to say that to you ever since I heard you had the surgery, okay? So you know anybody I've, good? I've been, I've, been, I've been waiting months to tell you to do the rehab. So Yeah, um, I know. So, so just so I you know, know it's I, couldn't so... Wait, I couldn't wait to share that. So um, t- tell us about what kind of surgery you have. The whole, I had a whole lumbar thing. fusion, two levels, so L4, L5, and L5-S1. So okay. I heard it a long time ago, probably – 20 years ago, um, herniated disc, and then about two years after I did that, I had a smaller surgery, just kind of clean up the the herniation a little bit. Now this one was, you know, the entire L4, L5 disc was gone. It was collapsed, and um, I was getting numbness in both feet. I was getting weakness in my right leg, and that's what caused me. My boss got on me and said, you're limping around. What's going on? He thought it was, you know, I had my knees, you know. Before that, he thought it was my knees. I'm like, no, I don't think it's my knees. I, I, have the, I, have, I had no strength in my foot to push off. So if I would do a calf raise, I couldn't hold myself up on my right foot. It would collapse right away. So I had, I had no strength there. So, um, so we did the fusion. Basically, they put rods and screws in, opened the space, put a spacer in between your wow. vertebrae to, to get the correct height for what should have been there. And then um, – lock in those screws and stuff and basically that's gonna um they have like a bone growth compound that they put in between the disc uh, or between the vertebrae to fuse it together and then basically so those those two levels are are now you know fixated and they'll fuse and then wow um, you had to ride in the whole bit now i got yeah i got the whole how long does that surgery take uh i was uh eight hours Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean this, this is a real surgery. This isn't, yeah, this this is, isn't I went in 20 minutes to have my knee scope. <laughs> I mean, this was. This yeah, was, it was, uh, it was, it was quite, quite a thing. That's Matt, for sure. Matt, I hear, I, I'm 65 and, and, and the people I grew up with, we all stayed active and played sports and still play golf and, and stay in pretty good shape. So, but I can't tell you how many people in my world talk about that L4, L5, S1. That, yeah. th- those are, I'm not even sure I know what they all mean, yeah. but, but those are the ones, the L4, L5, S1. Explain to people in layman's terms because I can't. Uh, but I'm telling you, I'm not, th- those are the ones that you hear the most. I don't know what L4, L5, or S1 mean, 
But I know those are the three letters and the three numbers we all talk about, and that's what you have. Yeah, it's, so it's your lower, it's your lower lumbar spine, so just above your, just above your hips, and okay. um, so you have twelve vertebrae that consists of your um, thoracic spine, which is like the middle of your back. Okay. You have five that consists of your lumbar spine, which is your low back, and seven, which consists of your neck. Right. So that's the different okay. numbers for those. So this is the bottom the bottom three of that lumbar spine, you know, so it's, it's basically right above your, right above what's called your sacrum, your tailbone, right? Yeah. So it's pretty much from there um, up to the level three. So, and about where you, where you feel where your, your sides of your hips are like the, the, the top of your hip bones there, that's usually about level L4. Yeah. So that gives you a, a premise, you know, if you feel on yourself, that's where it would be. That's about the level of L four at the top of your hips. Yeah, and, and I and I and I have you had that the lower the lower back stuff? You haven't had it? Like surgery? Yeah, no, no, no. I mean just soreness like like low. Oh sure, I've you, had sore back. The lower back. Yeah. But it's not upper back. It's not si- it's always that it's the sciatica. Yeah, is sciatica is uh, associated with a lot. Um yeah. you know, yeah. that's usually pain that runs to you know, through your your glute, your your butt cheek essentially yeah. sometimes yeah. can that's, go down. That's right. Can sometimes go down all the way down to the bottom of your foot. But is that the same thing? Is that the the L4, yeah? I mean, that's you. It, well, sciatica can come from a diff- couple different things. It, it usually comes from a, right. a herniated disc, uh, but it also can come from a tight muscle in your your piriformis muscle in your in yeah. your in your glute area. Yeah. If that's tight, presses down on it, sometimes that'll cause yeah. some of the pain. But typically, it's going to come from your back from your disc issue. You uh, were telling us dry needling has been really beneficial in your recovery. What is that? Yeah, so um, around five weeks out from surgery, I was having a lot of um, sciatica pain in my my left side. So uh, dry needling is, is, people know acupuncture, right? It's using needles to release tension or something. You know, acupuncture works on the Eastern medicine side, more like meridian paths, you know, energy paths type thing. And Dry needling is more the orthopedic, uh, you know, Western stuff where you're 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 following the path of the nerve, or you're following the path of the muscle or or, or tendon, and you're putting the needle directly into those areas, and you're trying to cause a stimulation to that area to to let that muscle release or the tension release in that area. And um, <laughs> I went out on a Saturday, and Patrick, um, I could barely get in the clinic; it was terrible. And uh, I got in and. He did that. Um, it was 20 minutes, whatever, and I got up and I could. I still barely got to the car, but I walked a little bit better. And then by the next day, I could notice already I was feeling better. Oh wow! I did two more sessions and it was gone. So really, I've used it before. Um, I had a buddy in Wisconsin. We were visiting for Christmas, and he's a PT as well. And um, we slept by his house that night. We stayed, and I slept on the couch. I woke up. I had a big knot in my neck. Um, he's like, well, let's, let me put some needles in it. I'm like, what are you talking about? This was like several years ago. He put it in, and literally by that afternoon, I could move my head. It was totally gone. Didn't come back. But it's not acupuncture. There. It's not acupuncture. It's exactly. a, it's when you hear people different. hear needles, they think acupuncture. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's still, it, it's the same needles. Yeah. It's just you're put. The the approach is a little bit different. You're you're thinking more along your anat um your muscular paths, your myofascial paths, and that's what you're hitting. You're not necessarily yeah. trying to hit your uh, meridian zone for that area to release. You know the the tension. So it's very similar, but just a little bit different. So in people the 
people who haven't had surgery but have kind of chronic pain in different areas, dry needling would work for them too. Oh, absolutely. It works fantastic for, you know, plantar fasciitis, um, headache, like cervical headaches, you know, upper headache, you know, tension headaches type thing. Um, any area that you've been trying to stretch, work on that just won't release. A lot of times, um, trying a couple sessions of dry needling will will release it. So I never heard of it. I know. I mean, that's, that's how often should you get it? Let's say you have neck pain and, and it mm-hmm. flares up every once in a while. How often should you get dry needling? Yeah, I would. I would suggest you know twice a week. You know, okay. and honestly, if it works anything like it's worked for me, it's usually you know three or four sessions, and and you're 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 better. I mean, it's it's really quite incredible. Um, it just got approved a couple of years ago in the state of Florida. It wasn't approved for, for many, many years. A lot of other states had it. Um, it finally got approved, and so now and then it takes a little bit of time to go to the courses, learn how to do it. Then you got to do your training sessions after that to become certified to be a dry needling person. So uh, we're getting more and more clinicians that are attending this now and, and doing it. But, um, but, yeah, I think it's a fantastic – uh, addition to the the things we offered at JOI Rehab. Obviously, yours, it seems like, was wear and tear, but do you have advice for uh, people to avoid back injuries, particularly, like, younger athletes, like, things that they can do in training? Yeah, lift properly. Lift properly. <laughs> yeah. That was my what, problem. Uh, in, well, my problem was – what, what are mistakes that people normally Yeah, make they've been at the waist instead of at the knees, right? So that was my problem as my knees were bad before, right? So I couldn't squat. I guess. So anything I – if I was trying to get something off the ground, it was – it was a little bit of a bend at my knee, but not much. It was mostly my back, and then I was lifting with my back. So, you know, that's that's the dumb part of me, right? I knew better, but I couldn't physically get down to do a lot of that stuff. So that's what led led it to me. Uh, for kids, you know, it, it's so important. It just goes it goes back to like proper form of tackling, right? It's you know being taught how to do a squat properly, how to do a clean properly you know, all these, these types of things that, you know, kids are being taught younger, younger ages, it's really important that the person that is instructing them on how to do that is showing them proper form. Rarely are you going to find a high school kid that's going to have a ruptured disc. You know, one, they have a little bit more flexibility. They're a little more um, spry. They have a lot more, you know, they're just in better health in general, right? Uh, usually those kids, if they do strain their, if they do something to their back, they're just going to have like a strain, just a muscle strain. Um, as you get older, um, obviously things are, are less pliable, less flexible. Um, you know, and then keeping, we've talked many times before on the show about core strength, right? And that's kind of transcended into all these other sports now to where they actually focus on the core with a lot of the, the training they're doing. And that's where, more mature people need to learn some more of the core exercises. Why do you look at me? Hey, did he look right <laughs> yeah, at me? Yeah, I, I, I did it. I tried. He, I tried he, to he, stay he, looking he, down. He looked but, right you know. at me. But I, I just yeah. so you know, so that people watch on YouTube. That's but but seriously, you know, if you didn't, if you didn't grow up with that, you know, and being taught the proper mechanics right. of how to do things, you know, that's where people right. get in trouble. You know. Is that your last surgery? Are you done? I hope so. Good gosh, <laughs> it's, it's, this has been this has been rough. This has yeah. been a really rough one, that's hey, for sure. Hey, back to the dry needling, because uh, because I think people are going to hear this and they have pain. Is it expensive? Is it insurance covered? Is it no? So um, no insurance is covered right now. Okay. Um, 
There are a smattering of them out there, but it's been very inconsistent. So we just offer it as a self-pay service. Um, we have two different rates. It's 30 or 40. Uh, if you have two or, mu- two or less muscles, it's 30. If it's three or more, it's 40. Most people are, are going to have three or more muscles uh, affected. So like when Patrick did mine, he started at my low back, went into my glute, he went into my hip, he went into my IT band, and he went into my calf. Wow. So, you know, you have probably 15, 20 needles, you know, throughout that area. Um, you know, so he's hitting the entire path of that chain that, that, that's going along with that. And so it, it's, it's really interesting stuff. I think people, if you have an inclination to try it, try it, because I think it's going to help a lot of people. All right, well, my recommendation, do the rehab. <laughs> do the rehab, I've yeah. I've been yeah. to say that for so long. Yep. So. I'm sure you've been doing the rehab, right? Uh, well, I did some, and it, I shouldn't say this in my profession, it made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we backed down, and now right. I'm getting back into I'm okay. getting back into. But, how much has yeah. Jordan Love buoyed your spirits? Oh, it's, you know, gosh. People are like, oh, you should be happy that you made it that far, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm happy we made it that far. But when you have that opportunity, it's it, right though. there. Kinda we blew it. it. But yeah, but you, you got can't a drop a pick six <laughs> get, that first yeah, uh, series yeah. of 49ers. But we you got a future, six. though. You got a future there. Yeah, I mean, it looks good. I mean, we'll see. We hired a head college coach as our DC now, yeah, so we'll yeah. see how that works out. He's but, a good um, coach. Is he a good coach? Yeah, I haven't really heard much about him. The good thing is, listen, Wisconsin basketball is very good. Yeah, uh, the Green Bay until last night. Of course, last night. we we get up to six right, and then right. we lose yeah. the Nebraska. Green, Green Bay's on a good track. All that's good, so it'll <laughs> ease the pain when Graham Mertz wins the Heisman. You won't feel so bad about it. So, so that, that that'll happen. I've, I've said I, I'd be happy for him. That'd be great. You know, <laughs> if, if it it would help. It would uh, please my wife as well. So that's all good. I hope you feel better. I know, thanks, I know guys. Matt, with it. Matt who is a very serious surgery. So thanks for stopping by. We appreciate thanks. it. Yep. Uh, back in a moment. This is ten ten XL ninety two point five FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Time for all things Jaguars and NFL with Pete Prisco. The Prisco Report, presented by Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Showtime. On The Frangie Show. It is time to talk a little NFL. Showtime uh, Sports Cards and Collectibles, the best in vintage cards, the best on autograph items, the place to go is Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. They're at the corner of Phillips and Shad. And of course, you can find them on all the social networks, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The best collectible store is Showtime. All right, Pete, we're down to two here, brother. Um, two best teams, maybe? Certainly the two teams playing best right now, Chiefs and the 49ers. Yeah, and I, I, thought, I, I thought the Chiefs would win that game last week. That was my pick. Um, uh, and and because I'm not picking against Patrick Mahomes anymore, Same just not. Me. Same with me. I did it the week I did it the week before, and you know against Buffalo. And then I went into that game and I said, you know what? They match up well with them. I think they'll be good enough on defense to limit what they do on offense. And and he's going to make enough plays, and they won the game. And you know, I, before the season, I picked the 49ers to win it all. Um, I'm off that train as well, or as should I say, I jumped off the cable cars. I like to say I'm, I'm done with them because they can't stop anybody. I mean, their defense, which used to be their calling card, has been awful in the postseason, and they probably should have lost that game last week if it weren't for bonehead decisions by Dan Campbell. Yeah, no doubt about it. So as you peek ahead, what's going to be the matchup that you think will decide the Super Bowl? Well, I think if uh, I've always said this: if you block that front, you beat that front. So um, of the Forty ers and 
by that I mean you can run on them too. Get a lead and run on them. They're you know they're they're a team that wants to tee off and get after the quarterback, but those guys have struggled against the run. And you'd like to say, okay, well you play Patrick Mahomes, go ahead and run the ball. But if they can run the ball and take the pressure off the pass rush, because you know Juwan Taylor hasn't been great, the left tackle hasn't been great, and so I think you you know you want to run the football. I think they run it at him. I, I think Pacheco has a good day. Take some of the heat off of the pass rush. And that's the matchup for me is that offensive line of the Chiefs against that defensive front. Pete, is Travis Kelsey the best tight end to ever play? I'd still probably lean to Rob Gronkowski. I think he was a little bit more of a blocker than Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey's good enough, but Gronkowski was like an extra tackle when he was in there, and he could still, uh, you know, get down the field and create problems. Now, Kelsey's done it longer, and, you know, it's weird. You know, Kelsey's 34. And he's older than Gronk, and Gronk's retired. Um, but he's in the conversation. You know, when we do those, we sometimes forget about the older guys. John Mackey, as Frank will attest to, back in the day. Great, great player. You know, great player. Kellen Winslow Sr. I mean, could you imagine Kellen Winslow Sr. in this era? I mean, my gosh. And, you know, Ozzie Newsom. And, and you know, they, but, but he is certainly, certainly in that conversation. Pete, the carousel is complete now. Dan Quinn got the last job. What were your surprises now that all eight are filled? What jobs surprised you? What ones didn't? Who will do the best? Uh, give me kind of a, uh, an overview of the coaching carousel now that it's complete. Well, the Ben Johnson situation was weird. Uh, that was a weird one to me. And, uh, you know, and talking to people around that, is, you know, it was like a last-minute decision in his part. And, and why don't you want to be a head coach? It, it, if, you know, you get a reputation of being a little gun-shy. That's a concern around the NFL. And, you know, okay, it has to be the right fit. What's wrong with that fit? You have a wealthy, wealthy, wealthy owner who's willing to spend. You have a bunch of cap room. You have the second overall pick. And you have a new general manager who is well-respected around the league. What's the problem? And yet he turned it down. And, and, you know, Dan Quinn, people say, well, that's just Ron Rivera 2.0. I I don't necessarily believe that. But, uh, you know, they have the defensive background, so I get the concern there. Uh, I think, you know, one of the underrated hirings in the whole thing is, is Brian Callahan in Tennessee. And I know nobody in Jacksonville wants to hear that, but well-respected coach. Not only that, brings in his dad. And his dad is, might be the, the best line coach in the National Football League. You bring him in there, and you're going to fix that offensive line. They're going to be much better around Levis. So uh, Jacksonville doesn't want to hear that, but I think that was a really good hire. Well, and Jacksonville also doesn't want to see Bobby Slowick stay with the Texans. That one surprised me. Yeah, I think he's – it was weird. But I don't think he was going to get a job. I think he's more of the next wave, next year, a year away. Um, so, you know, sometimes in that scenario, you go interview for the jobs and you go back and you say, hey, I'd like to get more money out of you. And they'll say, okay, you'll stay. And then next year, he'll probably be one of the front runners if they play well on offense. And he'll probably get a job next year. Pete, as far as comparing the current Jaguars roster to the two teams in the Super Bowl, what's the most glaring issue that you see? Physical play. A physical toughness, run the ball. You know, you know, for all the love we give Mahomes, when they want to run the ball, they run the ball. For all the love you give that 49ers, you know, offense and the way they play and the way they spread people out and, and get the ball to the playmakers and, and McCaffrey's a great runner, they want to run the ball. You want to be physical on both lines. And, and I don't think Jacksonville's physical. I, I just don't. I think the run game, not physical. Defensive line, probably not as physical as they should be, particularly in the middle. And I think that's the next step. Get physical. And, and you have to get a center. Start there. Get a physical center. 
and why they keep, you know, bringing him up as the guy who should, Luke Fortner should stay around. And I don't know what Trent Baalke sees in him, but um, he, they have to find a center. And there's some good ones in this draft class, by the way. All right, so Pete, how do you? So because I agree with you, I, I think physicality in the trenches is the big thing. So, so what do you do? I mean, you can't all be rookies. I mean, you only get two, two or three premium picks. Uh, there's a is it a, is it a place you go get a veteran? I mean, I'd like to see some veteran offensive linemen come in here. Now, having said that, Andrew Norwell was just okay, and and obviously Brandon Sheriff. The time's probably up. But what do you what do you do if you're you're the GM? How do you make that team more physical at the line of scrimmage? Well, I think you mentioned it. There's some you know there's some offensive linemen in free agency. You know the Anwanu kid from the Patriots, younger guard has some tackle experience. You know, Kevin Dotson resurrected his career. That's what you got to look for. Kevin Dotson went to the Rams, resurrected his career, and now he's on the market. I mean, the, those are the kind of guys you got to look for. Big, physical guys who can, you know, get into, get into people and maul them in the run game, you know? That's what I think they need to get. Those are the kind, if you want to go free agency route, there are some centers, too. I mean, there's some centers available as well. Um, if they want to do address that in free agency. The James kid, Andre James from the Raiders is there. Beatich from the Cowboys. I don't, I don't love him. You know, an underrated guy, Nick Harris from the Browns. He got hurt and he was a backup. But um, Zeitler, the guard from the Ravens, there are guys available to get more physical. Now, the, the problem is the cap. you got to finagle the cap. But I, I'm a big believer you can finagle that cap any way you want to. You can make it all work. So uh, get a couple, get a veteran offensive lineman and maybe even come back and draft one in the first or second round. And, and then all of a sudden you have two improved pieces on an offensive line that needs to be better. And for all the talk about, you know, and I saw Doug's comment about Trevor turning the ball over, and yeah, he turns the ball over, A, because the offensive line is good, B, because the receivers are going in the wrong way. He didn't play well this year, but I think his, his internal clock was sped up all year in large part because the offensive line wasn't very good. Yeah, w- without a doubt. Uh, Pete, who made money at the Senior Bowl? You know, I, I think the court, you know who actually, in talking to scouts around the league, you know who actually had a good week? Gus Bradley's kid. Oh, Carter. Gus Brad- Carter nice. Bradley went there as a guy who's probably not going to get drafted and had a good week. He's probably going to get drafted now. I mean, that's a good thing. And, you know, we, we all know Gus, and, and Gus is a great dude, and, and that would be a, a great story to see his kid get drafted now. I mean, it's a heck of a story. He played, He played. let's put it this way, Penix was there, uh, you know, uh, Bo Nix was there. Uh, there were a bunch of guys there, and he was – Every bit as good as all of them when he was there. Where does Justin Fields play next season? Not in Chicago. Right. I don't. I, I just think they move on. And you know, there's a couple things why they move on. Everybody loves Caleb Williams, and and, and granted, I haven't done as much. I've watched all his games, but I want to do the tape work on him. There's some flaws in his game, but more than that, you don't have to give him a contract for five years. You're cheap. You know, that, that's, the, that's the attractiveness of getting a new quarterback. If they get Fields and Fields is their guy, the next couple of years you're going to have to make a decision to give them money or, or tag them. And so I think that's where they're at with that. I think they, they get rid of Fields. Where does he play? I think Atlanta's in play. I think that's a possibility. You know, there's some talk of the Raiders, if they can finagle something maybe. Uh, but, but I think Atlanta would make a lot of sense, and, and he's from the Georgia area, so that would really work for him. Pete, final thing here. We'll let you go. Um, if Patrick Mahomes, if the Chiefs win, Patrick Mahomes would have three of these things. He's 27, 28 years old. He's the best player in the NFL. 
I mean, goodness, this is this is kind of Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. I think. Uh, I mean, is how how high is that ceiling going to go? Is he going to be mentioned in the same breath of Brady and when he's done doing this in ten, twelve years? Yes, one hundred percent. And you know, you mentioned Michael Jordan, and that's exactly what I call him. I call him Michael Jordan. I said, everybody, Josh Allen, you didn't win. Well, you lost to Michael Jordan. You're right. Charles Barkley. Right. You know, Lamar Jackson, you didn't win. You're, you're Carl Malone and John yeah. Stockton. Good you know, point. great players. They didn't beat them. Right. You got to beat that guy. That guy, think about this too, Frank. When they lost to the Patriots that one year at home, D Ford's offsides. Otherwise, they have a pick that ends the game and they probably win the Super Bowl that year. That's right. They lost to the Bengals at home. They led that game 21 3 and had that terrible decision at the end of the half. Otherwise, they probably go to the Super Bowl and probably win that one. So, this guy's on an unreal roll right now, and and I think he will win. And if he does win, it's the it's the great it's probably the greatest quarterback run we've seen in this short period of time. You can't put him ahead of Brady yet, but I'll tell you what, he's moving there. Yeah, and I think they're gonna, I'm with you. I think they're going to win too, and he's going to have another one. We will see. Pete Prisco checking in from CBS Sports. Always brought to you by Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Thank you, Pete. I'll have to talk to you next week on the, on the tables over there or something. You know, okay, yeah. get the... That's right. <laughs> hey, how about, uh, how about exactly, Carl Weathers? I love that. Pete, did you see Carl Weathers? Yeah, we lost Carl. We lost Apollo Creed, Pete. Yeah, I know. Terrible. But, you know, people, Frank knows this, and I know we remember when he was a football player. Yeah, that's that's right, how old that's right. we are. He played football. He was a real legit football at NFL football. He was the player. hammer. No, he wasn't the hammer, but he was know. one of those guys around that in that era, though. Remember the hammer? And Fred Williamson. Fred Williamson, Williamson was, was another was actor. He, and he was, was the absolute actor. hammer. You're right. So, good point. Yeah. Pete, we'll see you, but have a good weekend. You got it. Take care. Pete Prisco check in, and we'll check in with him from Vegas. Oh, he'll be Prisco and Vegas oh. together. Forget about it. Vegas may never be the same. Yeah, you, you let Prisco roll in there. He's going to walk out of there a billionaire. There's <laughs> no question. Uh, I want to get into this whole Big Ten SEC thing and what it means. That's next. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Of a Big Chief Tire Friday on the Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire. Hey, Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, RJ Saunders with you. Hayes, could you do this one, karaoke? I, I mean, I know the lyrics, but I couldn't get close. <laughs> it needs to be something that's a little deeper, okay. or I'm just going to really drive everybody crazy. <laughs> like, it's going to be bad enough. Because I can't sing, but it's going to be horrifically bad if it's something that I don't even have like the chance of getting close. So I would never do this one live. But I love the song. I can't wait. I don't know what song it is. Yeah. I just that's the happiest day of my life. I want to see it. Remind us. Just call me. You call me. Got my number. I'll try, but these things tend to happen. Organic. I know they do. Dang it. I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss a thing. What about you? What would you sing? I don't want to miss a thing. thing. Um, (laughs) Thank you for noticing, Lauren. You're welcome. uh, um, Cherry Bomb. That's good. Kind of my go-to, I think. I think that if I had to do it, like like you just said about you, I'd be just terrible. It'd be a fun terrible. Right. It'd be a fun terrible. I'd love to to do that. It'd be a fun terrible. Karaoke's not about how good you are at singing. It's about 
It's about the performance. That's yeah. what it's about. But I'd probably be terrible at that too, but it'd still be fun. But and, that, no. and that's the thing. Like to me, you, I at least want to stay, at least for me, like yeah. somewhere in your range. A song that I feel like I at least have some chance. Yeah. Right. Of, I get it. You know. That's yeah. why I would have done um, or will do whatever uh, Nancy Sinatra's Boots Are Made for Walking because it's a much lower register. You've said that all along. That's yeah. Been your, I just haven't done it. Been, been, been your go to. Because <laughs> <laughs> it does take, you know what it takes? Guts and courage to do karaoke. The um, Big Ten and the SEC are now partnering, they say. Tony Petiti and uh, Greg Sankey have a way better relationship than Kevin Warren ever had with with, uh, Greg Sankey. They're two very smart guys, and they're trying to carve the direction of college sports. They're trying to get it under control. Lauren, you said you kind of bought the fact that they're trying to make it better. I believe they are. But make no mistake about this. That's now once those two powers get together – that's the train you have to be on. That is why Florida State is trying so tirelessly to be on that train. Because if you're not on it, you're going to get left behind. This isn't just about how much money the payout is. It's not. It, what everyone talks about is the fact that the Big Ten and the SEC are going to pay their teams north of $80 million. Everybody else is around 40 or less. That's what everyone's talking about. But this is way bigger than that. I think you are going to see the creation of a division. I think you're going to see uh, – teams uh, almost their own championship. I think you're going to see, even even out of the gate, I think you're going to see as many as half the teams in that 12-team tournament from those two leagues. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll predict right out of the gate. Year one, you might have that. You know that? You're, you're, would you be shocked if year one, half the teams are from those two conferences? Absolutely not. I mean, I, 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 almost, I would put the over-under probably on six and a half. Yeah, I would almost expect it. I would almost expect it. So I, what so, are you going to call it? If if they were to create their own division, that I don't know. That uh, that that I, I don't know. But I but I just but I think we're headed toward a division of elite teams. I think it'll be those two conferences. I do think there's a place for Notre Dame. I, I don't I don't care what happens. If Notre Dame ever says okay, we relent, we'll come join. One of those two conferences will probably the Big Ten will have room. I think there will be a place for Florida State. I, I believe in my heart of hearts. Probably the Big Ten, even though people think it should be the SEC. My guess is it would be the Big Ten. My guess is the Big Ten, which has every other region of the country, does not yet have the Southeast. It's got everything else. But if you're a football conference and you want the whole country, Lord, you've got New York City and L.A. If you've got New York, L.A. and Seattle, that means you don't care about regionality. You're trying to take over the country. I mean, I mean, again, you've got New York. L.A., Seattle, and then all the places in between. It's not just a Midwestern league anymore. The one thing they don't have is the Southeast. Well, who? if you're going to go steal someone from the Southeast, who better than Florida State? It could, if, if Presuming you're, no one's going to leave the SEC to go anywhere, so you can't have one of those teams. Who? What better way to go rob the Southeast or to go add the Southeast in Florida State? But today's news told me that there will be a division anchored by the SEC and the Big Ten, that it will split off, that it, will, that it will have no more than 40 or 50 teams, and you better get in if you can. That's what, if you have not heard the news, all over the Sports Center, all over the sports websites, all over sports news today, is that the Big Ten and the SEC have partnered. What was the, what, the, what did the ACC and the Big the 12? Alliance. The Alliance. They call themselves the Alliance. It won't be that, okay? The, um, that one didn't matter. You know why that one didn't matter? They didn't have the Big Ten or the SEC. The SEC, the last thing... The ACC, the Big 12, and whoever else needed 
was the Big Ten and the SEC partnering, and today's news is step one of that partnership. Yeah, without a doubt, and I, I, I think, uh, again, in, in looking at it, where is the sport going? The sport is clearly going to, instead of having 120 Division One teams, it's clearly going to have a, a model that looks like the NFL, where it's way fewer teams, uh, but certainly enough to crown a legitimate national champion. And I, I think that's this is the first step in that. The last thing the world needed was the SEC and Big Ten to start getting along. The and last thing. Because it's – we've talked about it. The, 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 the best way – for the SEC and Big Ten to not only survive, but to really escalate the money that they're making, which is what this is all about, uh, is to form a, 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 a super conference between the two of them, uh, whatever they want to call it. I'd, I'd call it NWO, but um, you know, <laughs> but uh, but in, in terms of uh, looking at it, I and and you're just going to be able to split such a huge pie. And again, if if you feel like legally you have to leave room for a couple teams that aren't really in your group, then fine. But you don't have to give them a percentage of anything. Just pay them an appearance fee. And I again, they're going to have no leverage. So to me, I wouldn't expand. I think it is bad news for teams that aren't in the SEC or Big Ten because now their attention is on this. And and again, not that you can't have multiple balls in the air at one time, but my guess is uh, Tony Petiti and Greg Sankey's interests now are absolutely in alignment with each other. And this is, uh, to me, this is the first layer of an onion that is ultimately going to result probably in the next five, seven years of the SEC and Big Ten merging and becoming their own league and saying, we believe we're going to field a legitimate national champion. If people don't believe that, that's fine. We understand. But we believe that the public is going to gravitate towards our champion is going to be the national champion. So how does a team, if Florida State is still in the ACC and those two conferences merge, how does a team like FSU get in? Or are they just shut out because they can't leave the ACC? Well, well, there's a bunch of questions there. Number one, they've got to find that they got to get out first. It doesn't matter. Can they? And look. More people you talk to. Brett Hastings, by the way, is going to sit in here with us next week and we're going to spend a long time talking about what the Grand Rights really is and is. I mean, really break it. Really, really uh, unpack that thing. But cause we, Brett and I talked about it today. But, Lauren, there's a lot of a lot of momentum, I think, that somehow, some way they're going to get out. I hear that. I hear it all the time. I'm not smart enough to know the legalities that, that make that possible. But I think I think they're getting out. Do you agree with that or no? I think they'll get out. I think they're getting out. But I think the again the big question is then what happens from there. Well, well that's right. So but but one step at a time. If we agree they get out, I I can't imagine that the Big 10 which is proven time and again it wants to when it went and got Nebraska, you knew it was leaving the region. It went and got Washington and Oregon and USC and UCLA. It long coveted Georgia Tech. We've all known that because of the and North Carolina. I can't imagine that if FSU is available, that the Big Ten, if not the SEC, the Big Ten wouldn't jump all over them. I, it, let's, let's say for the sake of the conversation, because, Lauren, you asked a good question. How does it happen? Let's say for the sake of the conversation, you wake up on Monday morning and you see a news story that there was a hole, there was a, a, a flaw in the grant of rights, 
and now those ACC teams can get out, or they just buy their way out, or, or they or they get, but they yeah. get out. Some yeah. somehow you see it. You you wake up Monday right. morning and They're you learn that that on January of 2025, FSU's out. Okay, I can't fathom that you're not going to see a story pretty soon thereafter that the Big Ten, maybe the SEC, but I'm not sure about the SEC, that the that the Big Ten doesn't say we're expanding by two and it's FSU in North Carolina. I can't, or whoever, I can't fathom that that's not happening. You don't, you're not so sure. I'm not so sure because I'm curious again to see that's now, A, that's 20 schools in your conference. Right, that's right. Which just seems to be really tough to manage. And, uh, you know, so you start with that. And, again, this agreement today makes me wonder, does the SEC, are they going to have some say in that? Is the Big Ten going to have some say in something the SEC wants to do when it comes to adding schools? Because I, I do think that – now, they could both say, yeah, we think Florida State, Notre Dame, Clemson, North Carolina, we want to add them. You know, our goal is to get to 40-whatever team, 40 teams. Again, right now they're at 34, which is, I think, sustainable. Um, but if they if they decide to expand, how is that going to work? And I I just I, I mean obviously I think Florida State would be a great addition to the Big Ten. Uh, so I I certainly could see it, but I could also see the Big Ten saying we've already got eighteen yeah. schools in here. We we really want to take this thing to twenty. And again, I if they're getting ready to merge, then maybe it doesn't matter. But if they're getting ready to merge, then I would think the SEC then has to have you know, some comment on it. Right. And, you know. Yeah. And, and I don't see them merging, merging. I, I think they're going to they're gonna create their own league. I think they're going to create their own level or division. But I don't necessarily think we're going to see one conference that has both of them in it. And all of a sudden, uh, a con- Michigan Ole Miss is a conference game. I don't think – I don't see that. I don't uh, think it's that, but I think it's the NFC-AFC. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, so do, I think it becomes that too. the Big Ten is a yeah. conference yeah. and the and, SEC is a conference, and those two yeah. champions and, and, play and, for the national championship and, every year. And I will tell you that, that Florida State, is in, in a recent poll I saw, they have the fifth most, most television eyes in the country, the fifth most, how, how, whatever that matrix. I read it somewhere. Okay, Well, if that turns into dollars – and by the way, yes, the Big Ten has a lot of teams at 18. But ain't that not long ago it had 10. You know, it showed it almost doubled. So certainly the one thing the Big Ten has never seemed to say is, let's stop, we've got too many. They've never said that. You know, nor for that matter, nor has the SEC. The, the, the SEC has just been a little choosier, and they've stayed within their footprint. But there's the, the, the Big Ten has never indicated, okay, we've got enough, let's stop. That, that's, that's one thing the evidence has never shown. So schools like Miami, Virginia Tech, I used FSU as probably the bad example because you think they'll leave. Those schools, Oklahoma State, they're getting left out or they're joining the super conference, I, the I, elite football well, conference. That, and that's the question is, do the Big Ten and SEC, let's assume for the sake of the discussion, the SEC average, let's say the, the SEC average adds four schools. They add, the grant of rights is over, and they add North Carolina, Georgia Tech, who and who, and the, SEC, and the Big Ten adds FSU, Clemson, who? Let's just say they. Let's say they get. They both get to twenty. Now the question becomes: Is it forty, and that's it? To Hayes's point, or do they make all the rules, but they have a handful of at-large teams that can still get in? That wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me if there's a 
What I don't think you'll see is everybody involved. I don't think Houston or Cincinnati are ever going to be in that. Well, that's the point of this yeah, whole yeah. thing yeah. is to pare it down so you can hoard the money. Right, that's right. But the I'm, SEC and Big Ten are looking at the landscape and saying, why are we sharing with the ACC and Big 12 in yeah, this? Yeah, but I mean, that doesn't make any sense. We're the ones that have the brands. We're right. the ones that have the popularity. Uh, so eventually they were going to realize we're better off just going off and doing our own thing. And, and again, maybe they do add some schools. But I, I would not be surprised if they view it as we have enough with our 34. Oh, yeah, and they and could. They could. And, and, and No, you're right. Well, here's the truth is the, the reality is we don't know which one of those ways. Do they stay here? Do they add six more between them? Do they? My, my opinion is they will continue to add. They will dominate it. And then, and then somehow, some way, there will be a – a wild card and at large a way for others to participate. I just don't think it's going to be Cincinnati and Houston. Well, because like UCF just worked really hard to get into the Big 12. Right, right. So if you're a UCF fan, are you thinking, well, great, now our – I mean, obviously the conference was always yeah. one of the lower right. tiers. But the, still, like, you can't it, it, it all, They'll the still party. make money. I mean, they'll right. still make – again, it's not like those any of those schools are going to disband football. So you would just have – you'd have the legitimate national champion – whoever is is the winner of the Big Ten SEC uh, league. And then you'd have another, you know, a, 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 it'd be bigger in terms of teams, uh, but less profile rest of the nation that would compete for, I'm sure they would sell it as this is the national champion. Uh, I don't think, again, I don't think the public would gravitate around that. But you you basically would end up with two teams that would be able to say we were the national champion. It just would be, that the team in the non-Big Ten SEC would probably not have as strong an argument. Yeah, uh, so so that's right. So we'll so we'll see. You might have everybody in the you may, maybe a tournament that the SEC and Big Ten kind of kind of control that, that has some other people in it. So it'll it'll be interesting to see. But I'm telling you, today's news, Mayton, this was a. It's not going to get the attention of somebody leaving a conference. If because that would get more attention. If FSU left the ACC, it would be a way more gigantic story than Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti having a cup of coffee. But don't underplay this one. That's my point. This is a this significant domino. Significant domino. It really, really, really is. More in a moment. Stay with us. 1010XL, 92.5 FM. We come back. Let's talk a little college basketball. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Now back to a Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire. Visit BigChiefService.com. Welcome back to The Frangie Show on this Big Chief Tire Friday. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, RJ Saunders, I'm Lauren Brooks with you. Going to talk some Florida, Texas A&M hoops. That game tips off tomorrow at 4 p.m. I will tell you, Frank, right now when I was looking through the Texas A&M box scores yesterday, there was one name that jumped out to me and one name only. Guard Wade Taylor IV. If the Gators can somehow, someway contain him, which certainly good luck, uh, then I think they can certainly win the basketball game. But if they let him go for 40 like he's done recently, they're going to be in big trouble. Yeah, we, we, we did this last week. We talked about how few college basketball players we know. So I actually just Googled best players in the country. Mm-hmm. Zach Eady we knew. There's a... a uh, Baycott, we knew. There's not very many. Well, Wade Taylor was on every list, Hayes, of one of the top ten players in the country. So he, he's averaging 20 points. He, I mean, he's a really good player. Yeah. But but a development that uh, the, his backcourt mate, Tyrese Radford, 
who's averaging 13 or 14, somewhere about, mm-hmm. just got arrested. Yeah. Just got arrested. Now, the arrest is for an incident that happened back in December. But but I got to believe if you, if you just got arrested. He'll play. <laughs> I guess. But he got arrested today. The game's tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a quick turnaround. But, uh, but look, with or without Radford, the Gators, did they gain enough confidence in that game? Did they did, did enough of it come together? You know, a lot of times we have a lot of good players that they got they got it, it takes a while to figure out how you fit. You know, how, we had a lot of new players, and so have the Gators gotten to that point now that there's enough confidence? If this guy's not hot, this guy will be hot. This guy knows his role. This guy doesn't, or this guy knows his role that he didn't before. Uh, they know the rotation now. It feels like for the first time all year, and frankly in Golden's two years, that now you kind of know what to expect. You know who the starting five are. There's no more debate. Riley Kugel's not a starter. Alex Condon's not a starter. But that's the sixth and seventh man. They're going to both come in uh, by the first TV timeout. Uh, you might see a little bit of Tom- Thomas Houck early. You might see a little bit of Denzel Aberdeen. They're the seventh and eighth guy. They're the eighth and ninth guys. But they're not playing much. You now know the seven-man rotation. You now know what shots to take. You now know that Hen-Logton and Condon don't need to be taking threes unless it's at the end of the shot clock. You, you, you know what I mean? You kind of now know who you are and what to do. Is that far enough along that they can go win games like this? I, I think they can absolutely win games as they're currently constructed. Uh, I think now a, a big challenge tomorrow is just the, the mental focus and concentration of beating Kentucky, putting it aside, and going out and competing against a team that's the polar opposite of Kentucky. Kentucky wants to get up and down the floor. They want to kill your perim- or your transition defense. A&M is the total opposite. They are a bully on the glass. They are the best offensive rebounding team in the country. They play at a methodical, uh, slow, slow tempo. Uh, and so it's, it's going to be a test for Florida uh, to regain their composure after a huge win at Rupp. And, uh, and get ready to go on the road and, and beat a, a good team. Not a great team, but a good team. And one that, uh, one that has a strength that, that Florida you know, feels like is their strength. One thing that could help Florida, because I'm sure Todd Golden has put this in every locker in the facility, uh, Joe Lenardi has Florida first four out the first team. Imagine how agonizing that would be on Selection Sunday. If it played out that way. If, if that's how it ended up, where Florida just misses it. Uh, but that's what Lenardi has. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Uh, he's got Mississippi State as a nine seed, uh, and, and Mississippi State's behind Florida in the net. Um, but, but there you go. So he's got Florida. So if I'm Todd Golden, I mean, again, you're looking for that edge. You want guys that you know are, are locked in, and you've got to – create the message of we haven't done anything yet we got a nice win the other day great win but we are still fighting to get into this tournament and uh and this would be primary example number one that I would show so very eager to see this is a big test for Todd Golden can you get your team ready to play after getting a win like that we really don't again that's one thing that we still don't really know about Todd Golden how do his how does his team respond from something like that I like the matchup for Florida because uh, I like their scoring better. Uh, and, and, again, A&M is, is so methodical. Uh, so I think if Florida can keep their composure, not get frustrated, I think Florida is going to win the game, even though I think Vegas likes A&M. But, I, but I, I'm, I think this is a big test for the maturity 
of Todd Golden and his program. Well, and the good news is, Frank, Florida knows it can withstand some adversity. Florida was down 10 at Kentucky in the first half and was able to cut the lead right before half to five. That takes a team that, that is, remains confident and plays well together and, and keeps you know, passing the ball well and ball movement, all that stuff. Teams without that, they down 10, that turns into 15 and, and worse uh, by the time the second half rolls around. I think the, the most important thing that Todd Golden has going for him is these guys really seem to play well together, like to your point. By the way, did you see Chris Harry when you went to Gainesville since he's like, super close to the I team? Did. He was at, no, because he was at the other end of the court, okay. and I, we got there really late. Okay. Got there just so I did not. I, I didn't I'm curious know. as to see his his take or hear his take uh, whenever we have him on yeah. about just the vibe of this team because the vibe you get from watching on TV and you were yeah. there at Exact Tech, they seem to really enjoy being around one another. You get that sense. You get the sense the coach likes them. They mm-hmm. like each other. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're right. So we'll see. But it's, you made a good point, by the way, about the down 10 – with with a minute and a half left in the half, that could have turned cutting that lead to five could have turned their season around because then they scored the first six points of the second half, right? And it became an eleven zero run that made them went from a ten point deficit to a one point lead. So if if they go on to have a big year, remember to your point, remember that stretch because who if Kentucky stretches that ten to fourteen at the half, they don't win the game. Florida doesn't win the game, so we'll see. So meanwhile, and here's what's really interesting: the Florida State basketball team. Started six and six, six and six, and zero and one in the league. Okay, and and they they lost to Lipscomb at the the last game they played before getting in the ACC schedule. They lost to Lipscomb out of the A Sun, which made them six and six. And they lost by a hundred to Florida earlier. Yeah, and Florida Florida blew them out. <laughs> South Florida beat them. You know, so Florida rolls you. South Florida beat, and I don't think Florida had pulling, did they? Maybe they did. They have pulling. They, they nope. had. Maybe they did, but they yeah, they might have just uh, gotten him back. Maybe that was his debut. Maybe they just got him back, yeah. But, but they, nonetheless, they, they lost. They certainly did not because that was just the th- – I don't think so. That was just the third game of the season. Yeah, so they wouldn't have – Wasn't so, he out six? That's right. So Florida blew him out by – Florida was up 30 on him without pulling. They lost to South Florida. They lost to Lipscomb to go to 6-6 six and six right before the, the ACC season. They played one ACC game. Then they go in the ACC and win five straight. And all of a sudden, um, they're 5-1 and one in the league. Now, since then, they've lost two of three. They've lost um, to Clemson by 11. At home. Okay. They, they blew out Syracuse on the road, and then they came home and lost by seven only to number three-ranked North Carolina. So they're 12-8, and 6-3 and three in the league. They go to Louisville, who's not very good. They go to Boston College. They're home How did against- that happen, by the way? Louisville get that bad. Yeah, I don't know, but they get, they're lousy. The, Chris, the whole Chris Mack thing blew up. What's FSU? What what to expect? I mean, they're six and three in a good league. Maybe not a good league this year, but a, a traditionally good league. They're twelve and twelve and eight overall. Is there anything there? Well, they're gonna have to win the league to get in. And so uh, you know, obviously these games are huge. You wanna have a, as good a seed as you can have going into the conference tournament. Is there a net uh, anywhere or is it they're eighty six? Okay, so it's a lot I mean, net. so yeah, they they've got I mean, just to give you again perspective on that, Florida's in the thirties and Lenardi has them as the first team out. So uh, if you're 86, you've got a long road to go. Uh, so you'd, you'd pretty much have to be flawless, I'd say, to get an at-large bid. Uh, they're probably going to have to win the tournament, would be my guess, the ACC tournament to get in. Yeah, I would think so, too. By the way, Florida plays three ranked teams. Sorry, four. No, yeah, three because it just beat Kentucky. Three ranked teams the rest of the way. FSU only won. Now, granted, Duke is a seven seed, though, or seven seed. But the league's down. The, the league, yeah. the, and we all know the league's down. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with FSU. And, again, 
I think this Florida basketball team maybe just maybe found something. This is a big game tomorrow, and it's a big stretch of two games. There's a week in between. Texas A&M, then they don't play all week. Then they play Auburn at home on Saturday. Even if you split those games, then you went on that, that tough three-game stretch and won two out of three. Take that right now. Yeah, because that means, that means that's two quad one wins. And so maybe just maybe they found a little something. It tells you how, far, how hard it is to get back into this, though, doesn't it? That for the first time, Florida basketball had a fist pump moment with, every, with Ravi and Billis on the call and the whole nation watching. They go to Rupp and win in overtime. It's this great win. They're 15 and 6. They're 5 and 3 in the league. Three of their losses, or four of their losses to really good teams. And they're still not in the tournament, perhaps. You know, yeah, and, and, and again, could be wrong, but but he's pretty accurate now. He is he is very accurate yeah. and uh it, I haven't looked at other models, so maybe others have Florida in, but Lenardi is the the godfather of this. He's the one that created it and uh and he's usually very accurate. So, um while I'm surprised that he doesn't have Florida in. I I don't. I mean, I, I I wouldn't sit here and say you know he's nuts. I what I will say is it's amazing how the SEC has just raced past the ACC at least for this year. So Lenardi has eight teams from the SEC in the field, and that doesn't include Florida, who was the first team out, who would be a ninth team. Wow. Wow. Uh, the ACC has three teams. Three teams. I don't think that that would have to be a conference low historically for the ACC if that if that holds. You would think so. North Carolina, Duke, and who would be the other one? Clemson, I okay. think, is uh, uh, although they've struggled, but they're yeah they're thirty third in the net. So it's a down year for the for for the ACC, no question about it. All right, we'll take a break. We got one hour to go. Uh, we'll talk a little Jaguar football, a thought or two, and I'm going to make a comment about quarterbacks and high school coaching. That's next day with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Here, that means it's time for more football. Football! Football at 5. 5 o'clock somewhere. On The Frangie Show. You? Yeah, he's funny. We now have shallow how. <laughs> Trying to find golf, and we ended up well, with Gwyneth uh, Paltrow and a bat I'm pretty, I'm pretty good with a remote control usually. I've but never I, seen this. That's what this is. But that was Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow that I just saw walk by. That yeah, is correct. Paltrow okay. is in that. And so is that girl he's talking to now. Yeah. So whoever that is. George Costanza is also in this movie. <laughs> yes, he is. I didn't know that. Is this a good movie? It's not bad, but the okay. premise is sort of, yeah. I won't watch it, other than while we're in here. Yeah. The, uh, did you see where Teddy Bridgewater is going to go coach his Yeah, that's really school? cool. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Because number one, now Philip Rivers did it. Mm-hmm. Trent he, Dilfer. Trent Dilfer is mm-hmm. doing it. He coached I don't know if it now. was his high school, but coached. Well, and, and, and now he's coaching college. Yeah. I think it's really cool. I did too. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I think I mean, particularly Bridgewater. Because Miami Northwestern is in a tough area, right? And he went. And he he made all the money in the NFL. Made a lot of money in the NFL. Sure. And was a really good player. And rather than than chase the NFL dream, I can't keep laughing. <laughs> shallow house on. Um, and so he's he's going to go in a tough area in Miami and give back. And he wants to be a football coach. I think I think NFL guys going and coaching their high school team 
is really cool. I agree. I thought it was a, a awesome story. Bridgewater is. I, I've always respected him because uh, obviously he's he's not the biggest guy. I I remember at the combine the year that he came, he was in the Bortles draft, and so obviously we knew the Jaguars could be interested in a quarterback at at three. And Bridgewater wasn't expected to go that high, but you know obviously the quarterbacks were the story in uh, in covering that combine. For the Times Union, I I remember Bridgewater at the podium, and he said something really hilarious. But I think it it it, it resonated with his career because he was always such a smart player. Um, he said that he'd play Madden, and that Madden would give him mental reps, like so that he he basically his point was like I'm always doing something football, whether I'm playing, I'm practicing. Like even when I am playing Madden, I'm I'm taking mental reps over what's and it was just the way he said it was really funny and endearing and uh, obviously he survived a gruesome practice injury. Gruesome injury. Um, in 2016, uh, that was a long time. It ago. was, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's he's been in the league a while. So to Frank's point, he's going to walk away with a nice pension. Obviously, he's been making a, a nice salary. He was a, I want to say a late first round pick that that year. Uh, so not crazy money, but has been making good money and has been. Uh, in the league for a, a long time. So yeah, Teddy Bridgewater should, should have a comfortable uh, retirement. And I think it's awesome that he wants to yeah. give back. I think it's awesome that uh theatric phase on coaches Fletcher. I do too. I do too. And he, and C4 loves Fletcher. <clears throat> that's a great, that's a great call on, on C4. He <clears throat> C4 is a Fletcher guy, man. He loved Fletcher the whole time. He's at Florida. He loved Fletcher. Uh, when he played in the NFL for a bit with the Vikings, he, and he's back where he loved being, man. He, he, he loved, <clears throat> you're right about that. But, but Teddy Bridgewater, uh, he's a really smart quarterback. <clears throat> Excuse me. And those are the guys that wind up being coordinators and play callers and head coaches. He could have very easily taken that path. How fast do you think it would have taken Louisville to hire him as a grad assistant or, or a quality control in the NFL? And before you know it, he's an assistant quarterbacks coach. And before you know it, he's a quarterbacks coach in the whole path because he's really respected. But he said, no, that's not what I want to do. Because he could, you know he could have done it. You know, it's not money. Yeah, you're not making any money to coach in high school, right? So it's it's. He, but he said, no, I want to go back and make a difference in my hometown, in a very difficult inner city area, at Miami Northwestern. I think it's the coolest thing going. And student athletes, especially in high school, listen so much to someone who's been yes. in the NFL. Yeah, someone who came from where they came from, and not just made it out necessarily, but made it to a very successful path. But Frank, we always talk about how the players who are the best whether it's college or pro, they're not the best head coaches. So I think he will be a fantastic coach. If I told you all now, granted he has no experience in this, but if I told you all Billy Napier is hiring Teddy Bridgewater to be the offensive coordinator for Florida, how would you feel? Not coordinator, I wouldn't like it. Okay. But if you told me he was going to add him to the staff. As a quarterback's as coach. quarterback's coach or some role on the staff where he's going to learn to coach, I'd be all over it. I'm a big Bridgewater fan. So he's not ready to be a coordinator at the college level, I don't think. But uh, but I but I think he's a good football guy. I tell you that. I, I think he, I think he really is. I think he's a really good football guy. So no, I would I would I would love that if it wind up happening. So by the way, we've we've had this conversation before. Who are the best players to go on and be really good NFL coaches? Mike Ditka. Mike Ditka's Hall of Fame player. Mm -hmm. I mean, but I'm trying to think of really good players who became really good coaches. There, to Lauren's point, there, boy, there just aren't very many. Yeah. I mean, there there really aren't very many really good players. Now, Mike Vrabel was a pretty good player. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there aren't a lot of guys. If you if you go – if you look at the 32 right now, we now have 32 head coaches. The jobs are all full. 
if you went through the 32 right now, which of the 32 was the best NFL player? You'd have to look a little while, wouldn't you? I think you would. I mean, you, I mean, you'd really. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm going in my mind. You lost Ron Rivera, <laughs> right? That's right. So I mean, if you right now the 32 who have jobs, best NFL player of the group, boy, there's almost none. I mean, Frank Reich I mean, was an okay player. He's out. Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce was a, a starting player. linebacker. You're right about that. Um, Gerard Mayo was a, was a good linebacker. Yeah. Um, that's a boy. I mean, I'm trying to go. Let, let me go. Go. Let's start with the AFC East. No, no. Uh, Mayo was good. No. Let's go to the AFC South. Doug was a backup. Um, Brian Callahan. No. Tamiko uh, Ryan. Tamiko Ryan was the damn good player. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan was the so the defensive linebacker guys are the ones that were good. Yeah. The, right now, those are the ones that were good players. Yeah, I can't think of really anybody offensively that would have had much no. of a career in the NFL. Almost none of them. I mean, almost Well, Dan Campbell was a tight end, but played, he was never just a an great, okay player. Yeah, never a great player. But I mean, if you go if you I mean, I'm going team by team in my mind, the three linebackers, Pierce, Mayo, um Ryan's. Ryan's. Those three the three that's probably the best, isn't it? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm going across the board. I can't think of any. I, I can't think of anybody that even challenges those guys. So to your point, in baseball, the theory is <clears throat> most baseball managers were not good players. The great manager, the Jim Leland's of the world, and the Earl Weavers of the world were never good players. Tony La Russa was never a good player. But the theory in baseball always was you had to know the game better because you had to work harder just to succeed. That was always the theory. They, the, the, the managers. Baseball managers were better were than the got, journeyman players became better baseball managers because they had to know the game, because they had to know the intricacies, because they had to work harder at it because the game didn't come as easily to them. Does that hold up in football or no? I think there's, I think there's something to it. My guess is the reason you're just not going to see it now is the money is so big that you know if you're a star quarterback, it's it, just not – unless you just love it. But it's – I mean, to make it – in the NFL as a coach, say goodbye to your family. I mean, you are working ungodly hours. And and so you've got to have such a passion for coaching that you've got to kind of place that above other important things in your life. And and for most people that have made a bunch that don't have to financially do it, I, I just don't think they're going to choose that option. So my guess is you're you'll you'll see, I think players that had you know some success uh but the ones that are making the huge money i don't think you'll see any of them get into coaching matt brought this up we never talked about it on the show jeff halfley leaves boston college as a power five head coach and joins the packers as their defensive coordinator now no real surprise since no one wants to work in college. i mean not no one but yeah. it's way easier to work in the nfl than in college well, that's football. a shocking story and i, and I saw the word chip kelly yeah. Interview was it the Raiders? And is now trying to get to the Commanders. Yeah, Chip Kelly is dying to get out. Chip Kelly wants to go be a coordinator in the NFL rather than be a head coach in, in, in college football. And if you think about it, the money's no longer all that different. Coordinate a, a good NFL coordinator is in the two million range. And what's he making at UCLA? Four maybe? I'm guessing. I don't know. I, I I almost wonder if you're you're gonna start to see college coordinators really not pursue head coaching jobs right. because if you're a really good coordinator like in the SEC you're making 2 million dollars right uh I mean, now granted if you take the head coaching job you're going to make 7 uh and you'll obviously have a, a lucrative buyout if it doesn't work but the coordinator 
and college football does not have to deal with nearly the mountain mm-hmm. of BS that the head coach has to. And I, I think – And now with all the – Being a head coach in college football? Right, right I mean, now. It's a, look, these guys are getting ready to go right back through this at yeah. the end of April. Right. Like, you, you take a breath and you survived the January portal as best you could. Uh, you coach your team in spring, and then it opens again. And you've got to convince guys to stay and go get, you know, the f- three or four guys that you feel like you need to get. I mean, it just – and that's in addition to recruiting high school kids. I mean, it. And, and again, this is why the Big Ten and SEC are getting together too. I think they do want, in the meantime, to tighten things up. Yeah. You know, I I'm, I don't think – I do think that there is a mission to get some organization here uh, and, and to not have the NCAA going after them for NIL investigations and things like that. So I think that's clear. But I do think – the larger scope is eventually it's going to lead to them merging and, and creating their own thing. But the sport is completely out of control. I mean, to, to have Boston colleges, that's a nice program. I mean, this isn't this is Boston College where Doug Flutie went. They've, they've had success for a long time. It's, they've got a great culture. They've had great football minds and, and athletes come through there. And to have your sitting head coach who's – Having this wasn't a well. It, it, he left because if he didn't win seven games, they're going to fire him. I think they all loved him there. Uh, I don't think he was in any danger of losing right. his That's job. Right. That's right. And to say I'm going to go be a defensive coordinator in the NFL, and you know, usually in coaching, it's like, well, I want to be the boss. I want to be the head coach. I want to. I don't. I don't want to have to work. I want to be my my guy. I mean, he's saying I'll absolutely take on having Matt Lafleur as as my boss because I'd much rather have that than have to field hundreds of portal requests and who's going in and out and particularly at a program like that because you probably are it's it's Boston College is probably a program where if you have a star player you've got to really worry about are they going to get poached and then you've got to go poach you know players from uh, lesser schools it's just it's a total mess it really is and, and that's why I do hope that the Big Ten and the SEC that advisory committee is able to make some or have some conversations that make some progress to be able to reduce some of this stuff that we're talking about that I do think is making people less like college football. But what's the answer though? What's the, what's the fix? I think reversing the anyone can transfer at any point in time right. and tightening up NIL. But but the first thing the first thing you said, I would love to see them at least stick to the one year thing. But now state governments are going to yeah. they're going to win that you you're, you're going to lose that to to the political people. Correct. Legally that uh that ship has sailed. I, I think the only thing they can really do is tighten the windows. I, I would try to eliminate the April. I, I would try and get it to where, yes, we're not preventing them from transferring. But you got to do it in January. But you've got to do it in right at, you got, you've got two weeks after the season. Uh, and, and you can't, if your coach leaves, school. you don't get 30 days. You get like seven days to decide once your coach leaves or, you know, or right. maybe 10. I mean, I, maybe it's seven days after the new head coach is hired. You've got seven days after the new coach is hired to get into the portal, the windows are just so big. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, I think there's like probably what 60 days of, if your coach doesn't leave, you probably have 60 days of the calendar available to it, enter the portal. It That's seems ridiculous. Like there's all kind of time. And to, and to your point about NIL, that is one thing that legally you could fix. It's just 
that too has become such a wildfire. Yeah. That how do you get it under control? And, and again, within IL, they just need to say, pay whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, if you if you're willing to pay somebody to come to your school and you're willing to pay them twelve million dollars a year to do it, we're not going to stop you. That's up to you. Go do it. Uh, it'll be up to other schools to keep up with, and, and right. I, we get that that's not fair, but that's yeah, then the climate be, that we're it, in. It becomes Major League Baseball then. Yeah. Is the highest bidder wins. Well, there could be contracts. If you are going to get NIL dollars, you have to stay here minimum of three years. Yeah. And if you don't, and then maybe legislation would attack those too. I don't know. I they don't, don't think they'd be able could you to. Put, yeah, they could don't you put together, a, could, could college you'd, football have a cap? Yeah, you'd probably actually, what, what they might want to consider is actually having the players form the union. Because one is, is usually you don't want that, but at least if you had that, you could then collectively bargain to get to contracts, to get to uh, portal uh, windows, you know, how long they're open for, uh, and, and getting to a point where, uh, I don't know about a cap, but I, my guess is you couldn't get them to unionize if you were going to put in a cap. But, but basically say, look, schools are going to be able to pay whatever they want to pay. So if, if, if Alabama wants to pay $150 million for its football program, we're going to allow that to happen. Um, but – we in in light of that, in giving you that, we want uh, a collective bargaining agreement where we can put in contracts to guarantee that you're here three years at our discretion. We may decide to cancel it. The NFL has that power; it it can mm-hmm. terminate contracts left and right. I, I would almost make it under that model. I mean, I think the NFL model works. Now they have a cap, but they also have billions of dollars. Right. Uh, so. But it's it goes against what you would normally want, but I almost think it might be better for college football to have the players unionize. By the way, Chip Kelly makes six million dollars. Oh, he does make six. Six so, million. So, and he, so, so he, but he's but made he wants, a ton, right? Yeah. And he wants yeah. to have a better lifestyle. Yeah, and, and he'll it'll make two and a half. Right. Right. So, but you're right. He's tired. He's tired. That's almost you know what well, he's not retiring, but there there are. To your point, there are some guys that change jobs and make less. Sure. Because lifestyle is better. Interesting stuff. Back in a moment, 1010XL 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Wouldn't it be nice if we were older we wouldn't have to Back to more of Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show family owned since 1961 it's big cheap tire that is your blank favorite i'll go a second favorite. yeah top five though right oh yeah for one, sure. one of the greatest songs i mean it's yeah. one of their best songs i mean the beach boys have 50 yeah, for me, I think it's my second favorite. What's your first? That's a harder question oh, to okay. answer. <laughs> That's why I'm putting it too, yeah, so I yeah. can rotate and decide which. I got you. It depends on the day. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, 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 I just didn't know if you had a definitive. I think I think there are two best songs of this and God Only Knows. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'd both, probably go God Only Knows. Yeah. Both on the, both but I also on, really both, love. Go ahead. Both on the Pet Sounds yeah. album, which is again one of the most artistically appreciated albums of all time. I also love Sloop John B. Great song. So if I'm like in a happy mood, I feel like I'd go with that one. But more of like a reflective that's mood, three then I go now. with God Only Knows. That, that's three. Sloop John B. is a great song. Yeah, my, the old Rock Thursday. What? Thursday, right? <laughs> <laughs> Guess what just happened? You know who's happy? 
Steve Carlyle. Oh, yeah. Okay. He'll send you eight songs. What if, what if we ever had Beach Boys on an Oral Rock Thursday and Jimmy Himes? Oh. Steve Carlyle, he'd, 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 he'd never do anything but listen to the rest of his life, right? He'd be like Kevin Costner in Field of Dreams. Does this happen? <laughs> Actually, I guess Kevin Costner doesn't say that. But I get it. Yeah, but there you go. Oh, goodness gracious. We uh, Big football week, I mean, big basketball weekend coming up for the Gators at UNFJU as well. UNFJU could go on the road, by the way. Usually you're home for two games in Correct. a row, but now they go on the road to play the two teams that were just here. Yes. It's UNF an goes, interesting scheduling it is. thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, UNF 6-2 and two in the A-Sun taking on Austin P. They're 3-5 and five in the A-Sun. That game's at 5-15 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, JU got its second win in conference the other night. So JU is now two and six, and they are at Lipscomb, who's four and four. That game tips off at five p.m. tomorrow. So, yeah, the really important games, obviously, for both. I have a feeling UNF wins easily against Austin P. The way that certainly JU, I feel like, gave them a roadmap uh, to do so. And I think JU could certainly win, especially if Workman's back, which I haven't I haven't heard or read if he's able to come back yet or not. Yeah, it'll be it'll be close. But you're right; that would change their team. And and now's the time to start winning. Good thing about JU's five of the last seven games are at home, including the last three. And JU's eight and one at home. So Florida's <clears throat> yeah. nine and one. We always talk about how good Florida's right. at home with that really narrow loss to Kentucky. JU's eight and one at home. And the one loss they should have won. Yeah. Pruitt missed the layup at the end of the game, and then they won. So they, they're 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 an eyelash from nine and zero oh at home. So playing five of your last seven in your arena, uh, if you're JU, you're right. That there's some significance to that. You know, I was something Jordan Mincy told us when we were out there is really rung in my mind, and I've talked to some of the college baseball coaches now. Jordan Mincy said something that, that I could not get out, but he's 100% right, and I couldn't get out of my head. He said when he's recruiting kids now, remember, they just got Mike Marsh. Mike Marsh is a 6'10 center that was a really good player for JU and really would have made a difference if he was on the JU team and was going to stay because he had a real close relationship to Jordan Mincy, and then Oklahoma State gave him $70,000. Well, JU can't give you $70,000, so – that Oklahoma State's a Big 12 school. They give him 70. You know, this is a kid. Hey, we had this conversation. Probably didn't play in the NBA. So that $70,000 is a down payment on his home or whatever when he gets out of college. You don't, you, college students just don't have someone handing him $70,000. Right. And we're not talking Kansas. Yeah. Oklahoma State is 9-12 and 12 and 1-7 right. and seven in the Big 12. And he's playing, what did we say, 10 minutes a game maybe? Uh, give me one second. So, I'll but, but not a lot. Whereas he would start at JU. but then He but, plays 13.6 minutes yeah, a game. Yeah. Whereas, where, by the way, and and so what Jordan said to me though did this stick out with so you? So he guys? barely plays on an atrocious team. Correct, but he's got seventy thousand in his pocket. I don't right. blame him. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, the kid's trying to make a living uh, when he gets out of college. I don't I don't blame a kid for that at all. But think about this. Jordan said one thing to us when they recruit now, they have to tell kids, listen, come here because if you come here, you're going to play, and if you play, then you're going to then there's a better chance you could move on because of how you played here. So you're almost recruiting him to 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 leave you. you know, to to go to have uh, to to go for 13 and 10 and wind up at Iowa. Yes. And so and 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 you have to pour all of your resources into that player as if they're going to be there the entire time so, because you're trying to win now. So I've talked to some college baseball coaches since then mm-hmm. who have told me that's the way it is. College baseball, the A-Sun college baseball is almost Juco baseball. It's almost come play for me for two years. I mean, Alex Lodis, the kid from Bartram Trail that was so good, he played at UNF. Now, listen, the, the TP was gone, and that, that affected it too. But, he, but he, he had his great year for really good player, mm-hmm. really, really good kid, 
had this great year from UNF, FSU comes calling, you're gone. And so if you get a kid that's really good, that's one, one of the things that's so cool about Evan Crest. Evan was at our, our clinic today. Oh, one was of, he? Yeah, one of the cool nice. things about having Evan Crest, somehow, some way, he didn't leave JU, you know? Which, and he was just recognized as preseason third team All-American yeah, by D1 Baseball. And he's really good. I mean, like, really good. Yeah, and J.U. J.U. found a way. But you It's know, almost a surprise when that happens. That's the sad part. That's exactly right. It's almost a surprise <laughs> when you get him to stay. So can you imagine if you're an A-Sun recruiter now, you're not leaving. It's your job. You know, it's not like you can say, well, I'll go from being an assistant at Gulf Coast to being an uh, assistant at the Packers. It doesn't work. Or the, the Bulls. It doesn't work that way. So you almost have to go tell a kid part of your recruiting pitch is, Hayes, I'm going to recruit you to come to my, my school. And if you hit 300 and hit nine home runs, then I might can get you to Tennessee. Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't, that, isn't it crazy that that's the way the world is? It, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it really is. And, and it's, it's only going to get worse uh, until more guardrails are, are put in. And, and, again, it's not to keep the kid from, from leaving. It's just to make it a little easier uh, to be prepared for it and not just constantly have to re-recruit your own roster. Uh, so, again, but it's obviously we know the, the transfers are going to be unlimited. The, the legal system has already basically said we're not going to uh, allow you to put up um, restrictions on where college athletes can, can attend school. So you know that's out. I. Uh, Really, the only way is is to try and at least shrink the windows that they have uh, to do it. And but but to your point, the conversations that they're having are conversations they're always going to have to have because even if the window is small, you know, if a school reaches out and says, "Hey, if you get in the portal, we're going to give you eighty grand," even if <laughs> the window's three or four days, they're still going to get in the portal. Correct. So, I uh, yeah, I, I don't think that I don't think the the way of doing business now will ever change and go back to the way it was it's only going to get probably more aggressive towards having to basically yeah. change over your roster every year interesting stuff let's take a break when we come back lauren's going to wrap the show wrap the week with her news and notes stay with us the frangie show live from the hastings injury law firm studios on 1010xl hit back with hastings come on we made a deal I know, but this is extremely crazy. Yeah, it's mentally irregular, right? Yeah. But it makes all the sense in the world. Uh, you owe me a favor. I know, but uh, what did you think of this? About three years ago. Oh, this is very crazy, Bob. Look, Stallion. Now look, when you run that last fight, you won by one second. You beat me by one second, one second. That's very hard for a man of my intelligence to handle. Oh, is it? But didn't you say after I beat you, you learned how to live with it? I lied. Oh, you lied. <laughs> oh, 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 so now you just got to prove it to yourself, just right? Just myself. No TV, no newspapers, just you and me. Nothing, just you and me. Uh, better go slow because you ain't as young as springtime no more. I'm still young enough to whip your butt, Stallion. Oh, yeah? Well, how are you going to do that? You taught me everything you know. Almost everything. You got to remember now. You fight great, but I'm a great fighter. Huh? You ready? Oh, absolutely. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. How do I follow that? You can't. And he was going, and when he said ding, ding, he went ding, yeah. ding with his hand. That was perfect. Obviously, you two are Rocky aficionados. RJ, have you seen Rocky? 
I haven't. I've seen a lot of clips, um, but I'm definitely going to be watching Rocky this weekend. Yes. And would you recommend watching the first four? Is that what you'd recommend yeah, to him? Yeah, I mean, I start mean, I, with Rocky. Right. Yeah, I watch them in order. Right, yeah. right, right. I, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, I would say, I mean, you can. Drago was dumb. Well, I like Rocky Four, but it's yeah. I mean, I saw it. Doesn't when I everyone was a child. hate Drago? Yeah. yeah, he's a good villain, but yeah. I mean, again, that's where it becomes very black and white that this is a bad guy. Whereas Rocky One and Two, Apollo Creed isn't really right. a a bad guy. He's just who Rocky is fighting, and and even how that whole fight comes about in the first movie. I mean, it's just just see it. It's a great yeah. movie. Yeah. Again, it won Best Picture. Uh, the sequel is, I think, every bit the the equal of the original Rocky. Rocky Three is a lot of fun because Mr. T's in it, and uh, and Rocky Four is good. It's just maybe doesn't hold up fantastically well. Rocky Five, I mean, I I would watch them all, okay. but they st- definitely start to drop off. And for people who missed it, Carl Weathers, who played Apollo Creed in Rocky, passed away today. He died peacefully in his sleep, according to his family, at the age of seventy six. And also in Happy Gilmore, uh, I think a lot of people have or would remember him from that role. Also Predator, Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I've movie. seen that movie, but it's been a long time. Yeah, it came out in like 1987. But, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's fantastic. All right, a little Jaguars business to take care of. The Titans hired Jaguars passing game coordinator Nick Holtz as their new offensive coordinator. Hayes, I, d- I don't mean to be snarky with this, but... Did anyone watch the Jaguars passing yeah. game last no. season and think snark away <laughs> and think, man, that's a guy we have to have on our staff? Yeah, I mean, it's no offense to Nicole. It's just the passing game in general never really was. Yeah, that good. it's addition by subtraction. <laughs> uh, also, Frank, the Jaguars are expected to hire Auburn's Jeremy Garrett as defensive line coach. The former Ole Miss defensive lineman is highly regarded as an up and coming coach. He previously worked in the NFL as an assistant defensive line coach with the Browns. Yeah, and that's more standard of what Doug Peterson hires young aspiring coaches that have a lot of upside. Again, they are they are. I'll, I'll tell you again, they went after Ryan Nielsen. That's the guy they wanted. They hired him quickly because they thought he was going to have other offers. They believe their window is now. They certainly need to do a better job along the defensive front. Brenton Buckner now, in fairness, to just to them. If you go back and look at his resume, he doesn't stay places very long. I'll bet Brenton Buckner's been five, six, seven places. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not surprised there's a change there. Of, of all the changes, that one probably surprised me the least. All right. Uh, one other Jaguars piece of business. The Jaguars have asked FanDuel to reimburse them for some or all of the approximately $20 million stolen in stolen proceeds from a former employee lost on the site, but the company, FanDuel, is unwilling to pay. Yeah, I wonder where that story came. I wonder who had that story. I mean, I wonder where... Uh, ESPN broke it. Yeah, I it, saw that, but I mean, I wonder uh, who it told It was one who. of their business writers. Would it have been the FanDuel people? I'm sure. Yeah, I mean... I'm I mean, sure the FanDuel guy was... You're not going to believe this. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, mean I'm, I wonder where you get a story like that. I, mean, that I think little, that's yeah, how. Yeah, from FanDuel. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just it's such an embarrassment for the organization and the franchise. Do you agree with Cam Newton, who said that Brock Purdy is the tenth best player on the Forty ers Tenth best? Tenth no, best? No, I don't. I, uh, I no, I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think he. I don't. I. I can't rate him for you. But Brock, to Denny Thompson's point, he's dead right. Of Den, Denny's like all of us. He tends to lean toward his guy. We all do. But he's right on this. People, you can't win without a really good quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. In this day and age, if you don't have really good quarterback play, you're not still playing. I'm, I don't care what anybody says. I guess the only way I would say, like, maybe I could see it is if you're looking at, like, how they rank across the league at their position. Correct. Yeah, cause so Brock is probably, you know, probably somewhere between, I don't know, 7 to 10, you know, let's just say. 
So how many other 49ers might rank inside of that? Kittle would be higher. Kittle, Trent Williams, well, there's McCaffrey. A lot of, there's McCaffrey a lot of guys there. Warner, Fred, Fred Warner. Uh, so I don't know that you'd get to 10. Yeah. That seems high. But I, I, and that's a Cam Newton yeah. thing, probably trying to make himself right. look better in the yeah. past. Uh, as far as another quarterback used to play here, Gardner Minshew from the Colts said, he, <laughs> he said this at the Pro Bowl, I think, today. Ain't no telling where he's going to play next season. That's something they got to tell me. Yeah, and I would think ain't no telling is correct. I think he's going to – he will go to a – look, he will have some offers because his backups go, hey, he's, 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 he's raced to the head of the class there. He might be – honestly, if you were st- – if, if all the backups lost their contract, okay, if, they were, if, if, if all of a sudden every backup quarterback in the league no longer had a contract and all 32 teams did not have a backup, and you had a draft for backup quarterbacks, he's a top two or three draft pick. There's no doubt about it. It might be the first. I think he proved this year that he's one of the 32. Now, I think it's on the back end of that. uh, But uh, the the issue will be for for Gardner is he's going to have to wait on Kirk Cousins. But that deal could be the second legal tampering starts. I mean, we may get to, like, Saturday evening – and Schefter or Rappaport are reporting that Kirk Cousins is either re-signed with Minnesota or is going to the Falcons or the Steelers. So Gardner Minshew needs Cousins to sign. But once Cousins signs, that's really it because he's the second best free agent quarterback available. So some team, and it could be a team that's a little further down in the first round, uh, you know, views him and says, I, yeah, let's, let's have a go at it. We don't know, like, again, Atlanta. If they don't get Kirk Cousins, or and let's say they don't get Justin Fields, you don't know who's going to be there necessarily at nine. So why wouldn't you sign Gardner Minshew, and then if it works out and the right guy's there at nine, and you draft him. But if not, at least you have a good guy in place. Gardner Minshew is much better than Desmond Ritter, and with Gardner Minshew and those weapons, again, I think Atlanta would have a good chance to win that division. He needs something like that to happen to be a starter. Because even if you, even if he's one of the best thirty-two, that doesn't guarantee him one of the thirty-two spots. I mean, right sure. now he's right now he's better than Bryce Young, but they're not going to put Correct. play him ahead of Bryce Young. There's a lot of situations where a young guy developing isn't as good as Gardner Minshew today, but no team's going to play him ahead of those guys. So we'll see. Are you saying Hayes that? Baker Mayfield, are you assuming Baker Mayfield stays with the Bucks? Yeah, I mean, Mayfield, I, I, at worst, Gardner's third. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, and I do think Mayfield will probably stay, but he might not. But even if, I, even I, if you're I the third best free agent quarterback on the market, you're going to get good money. I think, we, I think, but I think the first thing you said was right. Baker Mayfield's not going to be on the market. He's playing a little cat and mouse now about the coordinator or whatnot because he's trying to get a better deal. But he'd be crazy, and the Bucks would be crazy if he's not on the Bucks. Yeah, I agree. This season really proved that your backup quarter ma- quarterback matters a ton. So if you end up being a, a backup quarterback, expect to play at least some. We saw how many quarterbacks. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I it think was a we lot. saw what was what amazing. was the number fifty something quarterbacks started in the league this year. Amazing number, yeah. A really high number considering the ridiculous protection they get. Yeah, the players' championship is just thirty nine days away. Super excited about that. Already planning out outfits. Just kidding. Uh, but we do no, have. No, first off, no, you're not. Yes, but I really continue. am. I really I am because I, I like to get a little closer to see what the weather is going to be. I don't believe you're kidding at all. But go ahead. You know that the weather determines everything about me. Uh, so we have Pebble going on right now, Pebble Beach, and right now, two guys not from the United States are leading the golf tournament: Thomas Detry and Ludwig Aberg. They are both 11 under, followed by Patrick Cantlay. 
Uh, he's 10 under. Hayes, you love Patrick Cantley? <laughs> what a joke that guy is. <laughs> Do you know why Hayes doesn't like Patrick Cantley, Frank? Uh, yeah, uh, loser, loser Monday. Monday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The players. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Hayes. By the way, of all the th- of all the times we've all lost our mind, Patrick on Patrick Cantley Mondays, can go ahead and defect to live for all I care. <laughs> of all the times Has we've all lost already? our mind on Loser Mondays yeah. and how how just awful we've been at sometimes yeah. and and one of the throw stuff. Hayes and golf has been good Loser Mondays. Yeah. Hayes the, and golf. The best one. Well, there were two really yeah. good ones. Yeah. One was Bryce DeChambeau, mm-hmm. and then that was at. Yeah. but the other was when we were at the yards. Yes, yeah. and, and DJ. DJ didn't even make the cut. The defending cut. champion yeah. of the Masters misses yeah. the cut that at the was, Masters. That was the greatest And ever. Ian freaking Woosnam <laughs> yeah. makes the cut, who's that, 79 and looks yeah. like the penguin. Yeah. For me, by the way. <laughs> like the penguin. For me, by the way, that was right up there with your AFC-NFC championship game. For me. That was right up there with. Right, but we me, weren't together. I mean, I mean, it's again, always better if you're together yeah, when yeah. when the collapse again, is happening. Again, when my when I lose my mind, it's not nearly as funny to me as y'all two doing it. Okay. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Like, funny how that works. Yeah, like so, I yeah. wish we had all been together. Yeah. We were all together on the north side when at Boston's when you had the a, guy who he picked up the dribble. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and a today, March Madness. And, and I'm not saying I lost my mind, but I'd fight him right now. Right. Well, yeah, I don't yeah. remember who it was, but he picked up I the damn dribble. He lost to Liberty, which I still say y'all had a terrible pick. Yeah, it was the worst pick I've ever seen, and somehow you Fantastic won. Uh, by the way, you said 39 days away? Yeah. Hey, I'm just thinking about going with the Navy foot joy and the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. the khakis. I like that. <laughs> On Tuesday, the yeah. khakis. Well, and then we, we've got the socks, Yeah, yeah. remember, so, yeah, that so we have to wear. I, that's Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. You want to do that Wednesday? I think Wednesday's okay, good. Wednesday, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, good. Sorry. Outfits at the players matters a lot, okay? Uh, <laughs> one other guy I, w- I did want to mention on the leaderboard, high up, he's at nine under, Justin Thomas, who I think had a fairly disappointing season last year, oh. so wonder if he's about to have a little bit of a resurgence. And finally, before we say hello to Rick Ballou, number eight, Florida at number 21, Georgia tonight, gymnastics, 7 p.m. SEC Network. Wow. You know what do you yeah. have any questions wow. in, in regards yeah, to that sporting I, I, I event? Do, I do have a thought. I mean, I, it's something I've been wanting to ask. How are we looking on the beam? Uh, we didn't do so well last week, and okay. we lost at home to Alabama. Okay. So uh, my gymnastics right now, my love is still strong, but uh, not nearly as confident as I normally am. Beam didn't go so well for okay. us. Thanks so for asking. Is the uh, coach on the hot seat? No, absolutely not. We're yeah. still eighth in the country, okay. so it could be and, worse. And who, and who is the coach? Jenny Rowland. That's right. Do they have buyouts and I yesterday was wearing a, an orange and blue oh. shirt. Mm-hmm. Jenny Rowland also has that shirt I discovered uh-huh. during a gymnastics meet, so it's a very special shirt. Let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers, equal opportunity employer. Rick Brooks was talking about outfits for the players. I was thinking about wearing my black polo with, like, the uh, seersucker shorts on the first day. Do you like that or no? What are are they called? (laughs) Sears suckers, did you say? <laughs> I did. No idea. Okay, good. <laughs> Rick's like, I really? can't help you Rick, with fashion. Rick likes, I'm trying to come to a talk show and you morons are talking about everything else, for God's sake. How are you, buddy? Is it going to be warm? Is it going to be warm out there? We're going to get rain. Is I mean, it, I, just getting chilly, it in a is a chore. A little chillier last year. Yeah, a little chillier last yeah. year. You, know, you all right? What's going oh, on? Oh, I'm good. Everything good? Oh, yeah. Everything's great. We lost Apollo Creed today, though. That made me sad. Oh, we did. That made me sad today. Yeah, he, he was. Um, he was quite a character actor, man. He, he did was. a lot of good stuff. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, you can go back to Death Hunt when he's with Lee Marvin, is uh, kind of a young constable, and uh, he ends up getting killed. And then, um, <laughs> you know, you got to go to uh, obviously um, 
Charles Bronson. Right. You know, okay. get Charles off the couch. <laughs> and Charles is going to take things right. into his own hands. Yeah, with yes, the, right. What was so funny uh, about a young constable? Con- yeah. we, I don't think we, I've ever heard that word, the word on the constable program. On the program very often. <laughs> con- so well, I'm deep into that stuff. You are deep. Yeah. I mean, I'm a criminology, you know, I'm yeah. a criminology graduate yeah, and all that exactly stuff. Right. So, uh, exactly right. We have uh, anyway. uh, talked about the Jaguars. Um, they started a new defensive line coach. They lost their quarterbacks coach. What do you Jags will be good next year? Yeah. They're good, right? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, st- I think they still have a good team. People forget that, I think. No, I mean, they got to get healthy, and, and that includes certainly the quarterback. I mean, I got, I got coming up here in 25 minutes uh, from NFL.com, Eric uh, – uh, Ed Holm is going to join okay. us, and he's been out at Mobile all week. And, uh, you know, I see all these mock drafts, and I see everyone going with a bunch of different positions. I'm all about the offensive line. Absolutely. That's where I'm at, and that's what I'm going to be asking him about. Um, who did he see, you know, this week that, that impressed him? Uh, that young kid out of Oregon, the center, did some really good things before he went down with an injury. I don't even know if he's going to be able to play uh, tomorrow. But that's, you know, usually it's all right. Jags are up at 17. Who do you like? Uh, no, I'm not even going in that area. Instead, it's interior offensive line. What are your thoughts? And uh, that's what we're going to begin things with here tonight. I love it. I'm right with you. That and a whole lot more coming up. No, no doubt. Looking forward to it. Rick Blue is going into the night right now. And I agree with Rick, by the way. Right, that, that, there's one spot that is head and shoulders above the rest for me. That's the interior offensive line. That'll do it for our program. Don't go anywhere. Rick Blue goes into the night right now. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll see you live from the players, live from the TPC Stadium course. Is it's the Players Media Day on Monday. For Hayes, for Lauren, for RJ, I'm Frank Frangie. So long.